Hello and welcome once more to The Dumpster Dive, the podcast where we talk about cult cinema. Uh, I am your host, Patrick, and with me, as always, is my co-host and brother. Me. I am Jordan. And uh, I'm really excited about this episode uh, tonight. This is a weird episode. It's going to be a little unusual. Um, I just mean in terms of like how it fits in the format, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is a dumpster dive, but... Go ahead. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm really excited about the movie that we're going to be talking about. Um, and we have a little bit of an unusual Beyond the Dive planned at the end of the episode. Yep, so, that too. So be sure to stay to the end for what I think will be a fun and interesting... Or just fast forward to it. Yeah. Well, no. You want to listen. You, <laughs> oh, yeah. Believe me, you want to listen to the whole thing. <laughs> but uh, I think we should have a pretty fun, interesting debate at the very end of the episode about a movie currently in theaters. Yes. Um, but that's going to be for later um, because we're going to discuss um, our feature, you know, movie first. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll just spoil it in terms of like my opinion right up front. Well, I, I love this movie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love, love, love this movie. Um, so I don't think I want to do any more preamble because I think we'll have a lot to say about it. We've mentioned it on the podcast before. Yes, I found, yeah, found out we did briefly. Yeah, which doesn't surprise me because I thought a lot about this movie a lot. Uh, so without further ado... Well, when you ramble, not, I mean, uh, not you specifically, but when we ramble, a lot of stuff gets mentioned. So yeah. Yeah. So let's go ahead and play the trailer, and then we'll be back and get the discussion started. Can you describe its form? No. Start from the beginning. What do you think I do when you're away? You think I'm out in the garden pining, looking up at the sky? (laughs) Why aren't you here? I gotta leave a day early. Your husband's here. Let me see him. You have to tell me where he was, what he was doing. It was his decision to go in. It's something they termed the shimmer. We've sent in drones and teams of people, but nothing comes back. But something has. You're a biologist. You served in the military. If I knew what happened, I could save his life. The boundary's getting bigger. It's expanding. We're talking cities, states.
Okay, so you have just heard the trailer for the 2018 film Annihilation, a genuine box office bomb (laughs) directed by Alex Garland. And this is by far the most recent one we've done on the show. That's kind of what I was Mm. thinking. Yeah, it probably is. Maybe like 90-somethings were the... Or no, I guess maybe um, Scott Pilgrim was... Yeah. 13, but yeah, this is we like by far most recent. That's okay. kind of what I was thinking of when I was thinking of breaking the format a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I didn't really realize that. I thought maybe we had done one or two new-ish movies. Maybe that I'm not thinking yeah, of. Maybe not. You're probably right. This, um, this has got to be the most recent one. Yeah, so about four years ago, and I think we mm-hmm. I'm a, I think we saw this together in the theaters. Yeah, I remember seeing it. The um, loved it then. We were the um, only ones that saw them. Yeah, we, it was empty theater. Uh, <laughs> I loved it then. Um, was very puzzled and frustrated by the lack of response and box office. I was frustrated, but I know the audience, or the American film-going audience, and mm-hmm. I, I was not super puzzled. It makes sense if you think about Yeah, why, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit as we, as we get into our discussion here. But um, uh, I just, this is a movie I just, I, I think about a lot. Yeah. Um, in relation to other movies. Well, I think initially both of us really liked it. Because oh, yeah. I also, when I saw it, I was like, God, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, full disclosure, Jordan is usually the one that picks the films that we end up discussing. Oh, that's right. On yeah. the show. Um, so this, this was a rare um, suggestion <laughs> by me. Um you know, and I was it just makes like, it sound like I don't allow it, but no, no, no. And I'm, I'm, I'm usually happy to go along for the ride. Yeah. Um, but this, I've always got a few kind of in my back pocket that I would just love to discuss on the show. Yeah. And um, when I've, we, were, I've already emptied my back pocket. Yeah, so. we, we were trying to come up with something to talk about, and I, I just threw this out there. I'm like, you know what? I would really like to take another look at. I, I mean, ninety percent just having an excuse to rewatch it. Right, right, of um, course, because I enjoy it. Um, That's is, honestly kind of the way that I viewed it this time around, yeah, too. Is, I was like, i got to rewatch I, I really want to dig into Annihilation. And then mm-hmm. the other part of that motivation, as I mentioned, was the kind of, you know, it's one thing to see a great movie and everyone agrees that it's a great movie and it does relatively well at the box office. But this movie did not do well. at the, it, it completely bombed. It was pretty ignored. I, I think the right audience has kind of started to find it. Yeah, it's almost like programmed to be a cult classic. Yeah, but I feel like it shouldn't be a cult classic because, I mean, we just saw Dune nominated for multiple Oscars, including Best Picture. Deservedly so. Great movie. Um, I haven't seen Dune. We're in an era of, of... a lot of great genre science fiction movies beyond yep. what either of us could have imagined when we were younger. And and a lot of those movies deserve a lot of the praise they're getting. But this one may be my favorite mm-hmm. um, among, like, you look at Dune, look at the Blade Runner movies, look at Arrival, those are all the same director. But, but um, yes. you know, all this great, even the better superhero stuff. Um so if I had to pick one that was like the standout, just like thrilling, exciting, good, grown-up science fiction, mm-hmm. um, I think I'd go with Annihilation. I love this movie, and mm-hmm. I don't, I do, but I don't understand why it didn't do as well. So I, I want us to boost the signal of this movie, <laughs> use our platform here. But the signal gets scrambled. Give it the, uh, give it the, the dumpster dive bump, <laughs> yes. which I'm sure Alice Garland will appreciate. Um, and, 
I just want to talk about this movie and get more people to watch it because it needs to be seen. I was kind of surprised you hadn't seen Ex Machina. I was just going along thinking you'd seen it. Yeah, I never got around I to it. I almost felt like you recommended it to me. No, I, I never got around to that one. I watched it maybe like a year after it came out. I think that was like 15, 2015 or something like that. Yeah, I'm going to go back and watch it now. This usually it's happens. Good. It's really yeah, this good. usually happens to me when I discover like a new director. I'll watch one film and mm-hmm. I'll, I'll love that film. But then I'll need to have, like, a second film by the director put in front of me before I decide, oh, okay, it wasn't just, like, a one movie. Like, this guy is someone to watch. I was just talking about that today, actually, because I was talking about the new screen. When I saw Ready or Not, I was like, I like it, but i got to see what these guys do next. Because I think they can kind of one-up themselves. And I think they did, actually, too. Right. Not to get off on the Scream tangent, but... Did we talk about Scream on the show? Four. Scream 4. Oh, okay. But we didn't (laughs) talk about the new Scream. No. Ooh. All right. Well, don't do that get, one too. Don't get me started on that topic because we. Patrick got, will just pick the current ones, <laughs> and I'll go back and. We've dumpster. got enough to. Uh, to but see, that's why it doesn't fit in the dumpster because right. it, it does like you know just. Well, but I a, think as a you know what it's it's, movie. it's been four years. The movie did not do well, um, so I think this is totally appropriate for our show. Yeah. And no, I do too. I, I want to talk about it. So let's start talking about <laughs> it. Um, I am happy to do the summary synopsis unless you want to. Go ahead. Um, It's pretty simple. It is. So the movie stars um, Natalie Portman. Mm -hmm. She's the main character. She is an academic, a biologist, a former military person. Um, She is – it's her husband, right? Yeah, yeah, they're married. Um, Oscar Isaac. She's married to Oscar Isaac, who, who is currently in the military. And he is often... He's a Green Beret, I think. Okay. Yeah, thank you. I'm not like a military <laughs> guy, so I'm just like, they're all... It's just all military. I'm just going by like the it's research all, that like, I did on military the to me. Yes. But he's often sent on real covert missions that he can't even tell her about. Yep. Um, so when the movie opens, and we kind of go back and forth in the timeline a little bit with flashbacks mm-hmm. to figure out what's going on with this couple. They have like a framing story. Right. But the when the action of the movie opens, essentially, he has been missing, I think, for about a year. Yeah. I think it's, they say like exactly a year. So. Yeah. Um, and he essentially is MIA, considered KIA. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's basically been made to be understood that he won't be returning from wherever he went and she has been completely unsuccessful in figuring out where he was what happened to him i think it ends up being that it's just so secretive exactly she she can't get any information exactly dead or not so he was she basically just has to assume that he's assume that he's dead the army it's it's not like the green berets the army is not they're not telling her he was killed they're just like Radio silence, like nothing. <laughs> exactly. So she's at that the point where now she just has to accept this mm-hmm. difficult thing and and move forward with her life. She's having trouble doing that, yep. understandably. Yeah. Um. And then her husband returns. Yeah, he just walks in the door. Um. All. Uh, uh, did you think of uh, that death dream movie? Oh, I didn't, but that's a good. Uh, yeah. That's a I good, thought of that like with that. <laughs> yeah, very similar. So, yeah. so just as she's perhaps beginning to accept that she's going to need to move on, she's that like her repainting hu- one of her rooms. Yep, her husband will not be on. the bedroom. Oh, the bedroom. Yeah, you're right. That her husband will not be coming back. He walks in the door. Yeah. Um, but something's off. Yeah. <laughs> something's very strange. Um, he seems sort of um, what would you say detached. He seems yeah. not completely well, I, I, lucid. I think they do it deliberately, too, like that, because it seems like maybe he's, like, just shocked by some 
horror of war that he saw. Yep. Yep. Like, He's behaving really like, yeah, detached, I guess, is probably the best way. He asked him where he was. He's, He's like, I don't know. He still won't say. He perhaps doesn't seem to know or remember. Yeah. When did you get back to the States? He doesn't seem to know. He's like, what base did you fly back into? He's like, I don't know. Yeah. And not even like, I can't tell you. It's just like, I don't know. Very strange. And then he begins to become very ill. Um, yeah, immediately, like right away. Yeah. Immediately. Um, and his, he's, he has like major organ failure, internal bleeding. Yeah. So she takes him. She's going to take him to the hospital. They are intercepted by the government, yeah. some kind of military outfit. You know, it's funny because when I saw that scene, that kind of freaked me out a little bit. And when rewatching it, I remember it because it's like you don't see that in a movie. I think that's it's such a clever, freaky thing. Like he's in the ambulance, uh, they're rushing him to the hospital, and they get pulled over. Yeah, by some like army guys. They're like, what, right. are you, what are you doing? Like, you don't pull over an ambulance. Right. I don't know. I just thought that was kind of. There's a whole bunch of stuff in here that I thought was just like freaky ideas. Oh yeah. I don't even know if freaky is the right word for that. But I think it's a good one. I was like, oh, that's a little disturbing, right. actually. Like, almost like the movie showing you, like, we have no limits here. Like, we're going to do whatever. Right. So, I don't know. I, that part kind of disturbed me. But Yeah, no, <laughs> for sure. For sure. I totally agree. Or even disturbed might not be the right word. But yeah. Yeah. I thought it was so, cool. So, she, uh, Natalie Portman and Oscar Isaac are essentially kidnapped on their way to the hospital. Yeah. Separated. By kind of like the men in black or something, mm-hmm. almost. Yeah. Um, and taken to this mysterious base. Yeah. Um, and then they drug Natalie Portman. When she regains consciousness, she's being interrogated by Jennifer Jason Lee, yeah. who is in charge of this organization um, that's kidnapped these people, <laughs> essentially. Um, and uh, uh, she, uh, Jennifer Jason Lee is a psychologist, yeah. um, starts interrogating Natalie Portman about her husband and what she knows and what he may have said. And she knows a lot about him, too, because even she was like... She was talking about how she kept inquiring to the base, like what had happened, what had happened, and then she stopped mm-hmm. like six months ago or whatever it was. So like she clearly knows who all these people are, mm-hmm. too. It's not like just some random person off the street. Yep. So, so eventually uh, Natalie Portman starts to get some answers herself. Um and essentially what's going on, the husband is in is being kept, you know, in ICU or He's whatever. He's like on life support yep. at that point. Um and eventually, quarantined. yeah, Jennifer Jason Lee explains essentially what's going on. Um, so this base is located nearby um, a vast area of land. I'm not sure how, I don't remember how big this is, this area. Yeah, I don't know, I'm not sure if be. they say exactly. Yeah, there's a vast area of land um, surrounding this lighthouse. And there is, this land is enveloped. By something they call the shimmer. Yeah. And the shimmer appears. It's like a bubble or a dome. Yeah, that's a good way to describe it. Uh, This bubble or dome of kind of gauzy, aurora borealis looking kind of light. I mean, it looks almost like, you know, like when they create those giant bubbles. Right. It looks kind of like a. Right. Yeah, Aurora Borealis. So the government and the military obviously was wanted has evacuated the area, wants to study this phenomenon. They've sent several groups of men in. No one comes out. Nobody has come out. Except Natalie Portman's husband. Or did he? Right. Is Um, this her husband? So there is our (laughs) intriguing premise. There's your high concept. There is our intriguing premise. Um, Jennifer Jason Lee is uh, has assembled a team of female scientists yep. with various backgrounds and specialties, 
and traumas, as we will learn later, um, to and she's going. Jennifer Lee will lead them herself into the Shimmer to mm-hmm. try to finally get answers and find out what is going on. And I think they even say it like it's twofold. It's because it's always been male and it's always been military that mm-hmm. they send in. Mm-hmm. So the, now they're doing female scientists. scientists. Yeah, yep. they're trying like a whatever they can, like a different approach. Yep. Like they have to do something. Yep. And um, and that, that, that's and why it's the th- it's four or what is it five. <laughs> Trying to think of all the characters. Five. Yeah. Um, just that's why it's those specific like women and with those particular occupations. Right. right. Um, and the shimmer is expanding. Yeah. Right. So obviously there's a bit of a ticking clock. That's why here. they have to figure and, something. Yeah. Out. And there's yeah. no evidence that it will stop expanding yeah. or or what it is or what it will do to the rest of the world. Th- so. And there, there's your answer to the sci-fi ca- uh, question of like, well, then just don't go in there. Right. You know, like they have to figure yeah. out a way to study it in some some way. Exactly. Um, so initially, Natalie Portman is not supposed to be a part of this team. She requests to join them. She does uh, with her military background and her biological yeah. expertise. She makes like the perfect candidate. To do right. That. And perhaps that's what Jennifer Jason Lee always kind of intended. I, I think so. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the women, uh, the five women go into the But also, also, they have no idea the connection of her and her husband. Right. Because they even mentioned like, oh, we heard that some military guy did make it out. And she doesn't let on that it's right. her husband that they're talking about. Right. Because that's her ticking clock as well. She's got her quote-unquote husband. She's assuming at this point that it's her husband. Um, he's outside. And she's like, I can't do anything for him here, like on the outside. So then that's her motivation to go in there. But she doesn't let that be known to right. any of them at first. Yeah. Perhaps there's something in there that could save her husband. She, she doesn't understand right, what's right. happening to him right. or what did happen She to just him. needs answers. She's getting no answers on right. the outside. So the only answer is going to right. be somewhere in there. Right. So they go into the Shimmer, mm-hmm. uh, these five women. And, and it, it's like a swamp kind of marshy area, too, sort of. Yep. It's in like the Pacific Northwest, though, I think. Like, I think that's right. Like an Oregon mm-hmm. type. Somewhere, with, like somewhere with a lighthouse. Yeah, yeah, it's got like because <laughs> yeah, the light at the the beginning of the movie we see an image of a lighthouse and something a meteor yeah. something from space hits it and that so it's, and it's sort it's, of like it's from that point that the shimmer expands. So that lighthouse yeah. is where they're going. It's presumed to be kind of like alienish, right? So that lighthouse is where they're going. Yeah, because that is the that's like the epicenter. Yeah, that's the epicenter. That's the zero point. That, that's yeah. that's where they ultimately are are headed towards. Yeah. So they go into the shimmer. Um, and what they find there is very strange and a bit difficult to describe. We'll get into exactly what... It's difficult for them to describe, so it's going to be very difficult for us to describe. Yeah, so we'll get into exactly what the Shimmer is um, and what the Shimmer means in our discussion, but the gist of it is the land inside this bubble is being mutated and changed in bizarre ways. So the plant life... The animal life um, is all experiencing these bizarre mutations. So they encounter both plants and animals that seem to have qualities of different species. Yeah, um, the animals are like crossbreeding. Yeah, or it appears that way somehow. Yeah. Species which would not be able to there's like a, there's a cool alligator with like shark teeth alligator with shark teeth um you even see plant and animal hybrids like there are yep. deer with uh, flowers for yep. antlers and plant and human because then you find out that humans get yep and plants growing in the form of humans yep. so there is a, a a strange kind of merging and mingling of dna 
in the shimmer. And the women, of course, begin to find that they themselves are being altered by it. Um, They're noticing strange changes in their biology. Mm -hmm. Um, Their minds may be starting to fracture. Well, when they first go in, like immediately, then they cut, and you they flash forward and they're sleeping in tents. And then you find out like that's their next memory. Like they just mm-hmm. what they walked into the shimmer and they woke up. Right. They're like and they're trying to figure out how long have we been here. They look at their rations and like we've been eating the food clearly like they had some sort of blackout apparently and can't remember stuff. So immediately right then they're like you're not playing by the standard rules of the universe. Mm-hmm. So their minds and bodies are being altered by whatever is going on, mm-hmm. um, as is everything around them. But they try to stay on point. <laughs> Eventually, they find a, a videotape, a video, mm-hmm. a video recording, not a tape, <laughs> a recording. What is oh, yeah, it's on like an SD card. Yeah, left by um, her husband's group. Yep. Um, and they find some very disturbing yeah, that's material on this tape. Um Difficult to describe what they... Body horrors. Body horror <laughs> stuff. Um, that would seem to indicate perhaps these men weren't killed by some force within the Shimmer. Perhaps they, they turned on each other. Yeah. Um, so, obviously... Um, and that's also when they find out that Natalie Portman was married to Oscar oh, yeah. Isaac's character. Yeah. So, obviously... These chicks are going through a lot. <laughs> um, ten, do they find out at that point? I, f- I actually forget. As I was no, saying I think that, they find out later. Yeah, at some po- but at some point they do. Right, right. So throughout the movie, their bodies are breaking down. Their minds may be breaking mm-hmm. down. Um, the group is fracturing. They're trying to stay on mission. It's also revealed that all of these women have some kind of trauma in their mm-hmm. past. So there's a character who lost her daughter several years ago to leukemia. There's a character who is a recovering alcoholic. There's a character who um, is a cutter, who cuts, cuts yep. herself. Um, we find out that Jennifer Jason's Lee character has terminal cancer. Cancer is a recurring motif in this film. Yep. I think um, they start out and of, talking about and it. Of, they do. Uh, that's what um, Natalie Portman's character is studying. Yep. And... Of course, Natalie Portman's character's husband is in critical condition, but more importantly, I think, we find out that she had been having an affair oh, yeah, with yeah. Um, a colleague of hers, and the husband may have known about it. like a fellow teacher, it. I think. So all of these women we find have engaged in some kind of self-destructive behavior to yeah. kind of consciously or subconsciously kind of blow up their own lives. Alex Garland has said that's the theme of the movie. It's self-destruction. Interesting. <laughs> I, I'm very, because I have my, my ideas about the themes of the movie, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'll be interested to hear like what he has said about well, you it. You could listen to him instead of me. But, <laughs> but you, this, you know, okay. you inform our audience here. But um, so that's, that's the story. Um, lots of weird monsters, lots of weird body horror. One by one, the women are, I'm going to say lost, because to say that they're killed is not accurate in all cases. Well, the thing I, I, that I thought you were going to say about um, their trauma in their past, it's kind of, and they even say that in the movie, it's what manipulated them to go into it. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, we'll they, get they, into... We'll and get some in. of them know that. Yes. Some of them are like... Some like, of them are more self-aware. Jennifer than, Jason Lee is like super aware of it, but doesn't let anybody. Some of them are it. more self-aware than others. Yep. So yeah, there's there's the there's that, the. That's what I liked about it because right. slowly they're discovering they're like, almost like I got lured into a trap, even though like you volunteered to do this. Yes. Like. <laughs> well, when I looked this, I looked this up on Wikipedia. They described this movie as science fiction 
horror psychological thriller and yeah. all of those things really Send that apply. my way so we'll get into <laughs> yeah the motivations of what these women are doing mm-hmm. how that plays into the theme of this film how that plays into what the shimmer actually is mm-hmm. but um so well, that, that's like when you say like when they're they at that point when they discover the tape they think they're going or they think their bodies are like mutating which they are yes but you could also explain it as like, what would you do in this situation? I might actually, even if I wasn't mutating, I might go mad. Right. <laughs> like, you can't tell if this right. is actually just them going nuts. Right. Like, I thought about that with um, Gina Rodriguez's character. Like, Anya, I think she... she um, I was like, you could probably, if you were the only person here, you could explain, as an eyewitness, you could explain this as her just going nuts. Mm-hmm. Like, this might not be even sci-fi related. And right. even she kind of does that, too. When she sees the tape and she's like, no, that was just a... Uh, this is the way the light hit it, you know? Denial. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Happening. She goes instantly into denial, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm I'm pretty much as far with the summary as I want to go because the, the last... I mean, I guess that is it. Yeah, well, they do slowly kind yeah, of... Yeah, until the only ones left are Jennifer Jason Lee's character mm-hmm. and Natalie Portman's character, yep. and they make it to the lighthouse. And I think that's where I'll stop the summary. I definitely want to get into that scene in the lighthouse because... Okay. I don't know I, if I have... Okay. I think <laughs> it's um, it's just amazing cinema um but what they find there is so strange and so bizarre um and alien uh, in more ways than one yeah so that is essentially the story of the movie um i think that made sense Mm -hmm. it's it's a very strange i'm worried because that's just the summary but you know what this episode i'm like this is gonna be a long one because i just i don't know if i have enough batteries i hope you do let me know if we get in trouble all right keep me on pull me back okay keep going Summary done. Summary done. Um, so what did you think of this movie? Like, why don't we start with, like, your opinion? I've been talking a this, while. This might be Give bo- your take on it. This might be boring because I think we had, like, literally the same reaction in the rewatching it, too. Um, yeah, we did see it in the theaters, and it wasn't that long ago, four years ago. Four years. Four yeah. years does seem like a long time yeah. when you say it. Um, but I remember really liking it, and then it just kind of, you know, just faded away. So, like, critics liked it from what i remember and i was kind of looking back and it was critically successful and like you're saying earlier in every sense of the word it it is a bomb it bombed i think i was looking up like how much it made just so i could see what like that in that in terms of that it made like the exact amount of money that it cost to make it Mm -hmm. (laughs) now that might not so i guess it could have been worse that might not sound terrible (laughs) but in hollywood like that is you are dead right and it opened like fourth. I think it opened against Black Panther or something like that. It was it opened around the time that Black Panther came out, which was just you know, its own thing. Yeah, it just blew everything else out of the water. And I rewatched it just last night, and the first thing I thought when it ended, I was like, "God, that is good, isn't it? Great, it's so good. Yeah, <laughs> like, isn't it great? Yeah. I I want to just state once again unequivocally, this movie is a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Um, people and I. It's one that's so good that I'm confident people will come around to it, mm-hmm. and it will be that's considered what I mean. it, a masterpiece. It seems almost like now. it's designed to be a cult classic. Yeah. Like I'm pretty confident it, it. It kind of is at this point, sort of. Right. Alex Garland's got his own kind of subgroup of people. Yeah. No, it is so good, and it works on every level: story, mm-hmm. performances, theme. We have to talk about the score. Amazing. Yep. Yep. Um, a horror. A horror. Uh, psychologically compelling, um, absolutely fantastic movie. Mm-hmm. So, 
The I, end. I, I, it almost is hard to, to start. Like, like where? That's what, why it's almost better when we, we disagree say a little it. more. Well, that's that's later. <laughs> that that's later. Space. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Well, is there anything you particularly want to point out? Is there anything you thought didn't work about the movie? Um, God, you know, it's hard because this is like one of the ones where it's like. I did. I, I thought the I really cred- didn't want I to thought love the, all of it. I thought the credits were beautiful. I mean, it truly is top to bottom a great. You know, film. I will say, and I don't want to feel like I'm just like um, nitpicking shit, but we're like looking for stuff. I do feel like they kind of cut back to the interview portion too much. You mm. know how it starts out with her interviewing. Yep. I feel like it almost would have been better, and it's hard because you want to remind the audience that. Yeah, the framing story is there. Inter- it starts out with her, kind of like um, uh, Oscar Isaac was. She's being interrogated. I mean, she's she had made it out of the shimmer, right. and they're now talking to her. Right. So that like that's the very first right. scene of the movie, which is interesting. I which I never thought about. I guess they spoil the fact that she makes it back out, but it's yeah. like you don't even consider that a spoiler. Yeah, yeah no, they, they mentioned that on Half in the Bag too, and I was yeah, like, I didn't have the same reaction. No, I didn't. Doesn't worry. But I do feel like at all. I do feel like it keeps almost trying to like undercut itself it's like mm-hmm. it, almost if you would do that uh and the way it keeps reminding you of that and yeah. when i say that it's like it, it does it fine like it works fine but i did think of that a little bit because mm-hmm. that was in my mind too i was like does that framing story undercut that i don't think it does but i feel like the more they do it and i felt like they kept doing it yeah they do quite a bit they cut back because i think my my memory of it was that it was just at the very beginning and at the very end and then they would flash back to her and Oscar Isaac as, as a married couple throughout the middle of it. But, and maybe, honestly, they don't even do it that much. Maybe I'm remembering wrong from last night. But I do feel like, and also, like, you're not getting any more information. They're just, like, going back to, um, it's um, a, a doctor interviewing her about what happened. And she doesn't know what happened. Like, so, and then you guys met at this part. I, I It's almost like it had, it's the part that kind of, explains it to the audience too much mm-hmm. so i don't and yet it explains nothing what did you eat i don't remember eating yeah. how long were you in there i don't know you yeah know well I, and also i think i, I think one of could them you is, describe the creature one of them no. is like <laughs> one of them is like it's not literally like this but this is the way that i kind of interpreted it it was like and it, and at that point they found out that you were married to you know oscar isaac i didn't say that but and then they go to the scene where they find out that she is like it seems like unnecessary. To True. Me. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. You know what? I remember vaguely, and maybe you looked some of this up recently. Uh, something about like reshoots for the the movie. Um, no, actually, um, I read that they wanted to reshoot a lot of stuff and do stuff like that, but they really fought, and this is the final cut. Like this is the cut that they wanted. Awesome. So every bit of it is what they wanted. Well, I hope Alex Garland. Like that's why like it premiered in theaters in America, but everywhere else it was a Netflix movie. Mm. Well, I hope Alex Garland feels good about it because I guess, you know, the studio might have looked at it and said, like, see, you it's funny, and I'll recut uh, it, but I'm gonna made say, such a great movie. I'll say this part before I forget because there's a lot of stuff about that he's said in interviews that I'll forget, but he was talking about, like, the reception and everything. Okay. And, you know, he, he didn't really care that good. much about it, but they were talking about, you know, how do you how do you gauge your movie or how do you, like, how do you, how do you aim for an audience, basically? They were talking about, like... How do you sell your movie to people? How do you make it? Because they know he's kind of like a niche filmmaker, basically, and writer. And he was like, his first response was, it's scary. 
mm-hmm. when he asked like about the audience reaction, he's like, it, he was talking about how it's so disjointed that it like means nothing. He's mm-hmm. like, you could essentially throw your movie out there to pick a random person off the street and make them decide if your movie is a success or not. Mm-hmm. And he ultimately he didn't really have an answer. I just thought that that was kind of a, a interesting response because th- that's kind of the way I see it too. Yeah, like it's almost it's like the well, Wild West. It's like well, definitely no with rules. this movie, it makes no sense. Tell me why Dune was successful and this wasn't. Yeah, I, well, I think that's kind of it. You it, know, or it's, it's like, like you're trying to recalculate. No <laughs> the studios and even directors will do that. They'll try to recalculate their movie to fit what was just successful. You know, like uh, this movie had this. This per- this movie had Chris Pratt in it. Cast him in this one. Movie gets made, and then that'll be a success. Of course. Then that one bombs, and like. Okay, maybe Chris Pratt wasn't the key. Right. Uh, who wrote the movie? Okay, well, right. get that writer, and he'll write the movie. He writes a movie, it bombs. Or it's super successful. <laughs> it's more successful than the other one. You know, it's just like almost at a level where it's unpredictable. I just thought that was an interesting response because, yeah, he was just like straight face. He was like, it's scary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. That's all. <laughs> I didn't want to say that before I forgot because that was like one of my favorite things he was talking about. Yeah, no, that's good for sure. And I definitely want to talk about like why this movie may or may not have been successful. But let's talk a little bit more about the film itself first. Um, what? Let's just um, – like I feel like I have favorite moments in the movie. Oh, yeah. So maybe we can just kind of start with that. So like and, – and they literally are things I've thought about like, you know – Oh, yeah. frequently over the, I know what the scene you're thinking of, but, but even little lines of dialogue. So, um, I, See, I, that's the thing that I picked up this time. I honestly didn't remember, but then I started watching it. And I'm like, I love what he's writing. Like, oh, I love yeah. his dialogue and shit. Well, like, and it's good. so, it's so even like just the written. Oscar Isaac and Natalie Portman. If you isolate like yep. their conversations with each other, that seems so real mm-hmm. and natural. And everything me. means something, too. Well, yeah, know? yeah. It's, this I movie mean, really rewards rewatching, especially yeah. when you're trying to pick up on the themes yeah, that's of probably, it. Yeah, that's probably why we had the reaction. Yeah. Um, so so the, some of the moments of the movie that have kind of, like, haunted me um, mm-hmm. over the the times. Like, big ideas or just, like, moments? Some, some just little moments of dialogue. So, like, one that I always think of is um, – when Natalie Portman realizes that it's all women going into the shimmer, mm-hmm. and she says, um, so they introduce teams like this person going in, this person, this person, this person. She's like all women, and then immediately the the person says it's all scientists, and that's oh, it. Oh yeah, there you go. That's it. See, I didn't even think of that. I I, I yeah. love that because I feel like this movie came out around the time that like a lot of like female led comedies and female led movies. Yeah, were I was gonna say it, sounds, studios, it sounds like a critic, right? And the <laughs> studios were really like leading with that, right? Like it's a female Ghostbusters, mm-hmm. it's a female this and it's a female that, and those movies may have been various levels of quality, but the point is this movie didn't do that at all. Right. Both in the marketing and in the film itself, there's that one moment when they say it's all it's oh it's all women we're all scientists oh. and then they can move on and that's I don't it. know if I even love picked it. up on that either I that's, love it that, no that is great yep because that almost sounds like you're putting the words of the the audience like or, the, he, or the critical right. stupid response like to he, it into the mouths right. of your like characters. you have to take a second to acknowledge it because you know the audience is gonna yeah, hang that, a lantern like that's that. it it's not like you know, we're not trying to be like girl power or anything. It's like these are the most qualified people right. to do this job. We're doing it. Let's get going. You know, so I love that about but it. But it also simultaneously kind of plants in the audience mind, too. It's like, why is it all women? Because right. they don't say why. It's women. Right. But <laughs> that ultimately, I don't think it ends up meaning anything, really. But it is kind of weird that 
this is like ironically the best female. Hundred <laughs> percent, absolutely. This is how to do it. This like, is how to do it. When people talk about like these movies don't exist, it's right here. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Why can't we get more female-led movies? Why can't we get strong female characters? Why can't these movies pass the Bechdel test? It's here. I was going to ask because you if you've you, heard of the because Bechdel test. Because you don't fucking go and see the movie. That's why you don't get it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I always think it's just because like, you're not looking. Like, right. I was trying to think, why did we go to see it in the theaters? I'm sure it's just the reviews. The, the I think, well, I think I had seen Ex Machina. Or, uh, well, I know I'd seen Ex Machina before. And then I always try to, I don't follow like, I mean, I like the concept, but I follow the writer or the director. And I saw that this was his next one. So I don't know if it was my idea. I'm not trying to take credit for anything. But I was trying to think, like, well, why were we in the theater? Like, why mm-hmm. were we the only, not the only two people, but, you know, like, why did we see this particular Why movie? did we know to go and see this? And, and exactly. Yeah. Again. It's like, what was what was it about this that made me go see it? Yeah. Probably just a combination of you knew the director and, and good reviews, you know. Well, yeah, yeah, I suppose. Um, and, of course, the always reliable indicator of high critical score on Rotten Tomatoes and low audience score, which pro tip, if any of our listeners I don't, don't even know if I, w- if I looked into that Yeah, before. but that's a pro tip, just an aside. If any of our, our viewers don't know that, if you ever see a movie that has a very high critical store score and a very low audience score, it means it's probably an excellent film because it's doing something kind of edgy, kind of different that people aren't quite ready yeah. for. Um, and also, anyway. well, also <laughs> if you think about it, all every single review on the on Rotten Tomatoes is um, knee jerk reaction. Yes, it's when the movie just comes out. Right. So sometimes, and when it's always challenging a little bit, there's always going to be a giant uh, mass of people who are just immediately knee jerk. I don't like it. So that's where like the audience falls. <laughs> that's why it, it's so low on those movies that are taking chances, which are. Those are the ones that I want to see. I want to see a movie that's doing something different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, de- I definitely want to talk about, like, just the whole reception of the movie, but I, I want to keep, like, pulling it back to the movie itself before we get to yeah. that. So, oh, okay. Sorry. The moments. <laughs> well, should we go ahead and talk about the greatest scene in the film? Well, I, I thought you were going to talk about that. Well, yeah. That, I was going to mention that, but you want to talk okay. about that first? <laughs> well, no. Uh, honestly... I don't. I don't think it's just me in particular. No, it isn't. If you if you go, if you Google the movie, this is what comes up. Yep. If people remember the movie, this is what they remember. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to be known as like the horror guy, but like around people I know, they think I'm the horror guy. Mm-hmm. Which you know, I I like horror more than most things. And make no mistake, with everything that this movie is, this is a great horror movie. Yeah. Great. Well, that's it. I have said like for the last four years since this has come out, and it still stuck with me. Uh, a scene that disturbed me and still does is there's like a mutated bear i got scared again watching it <laughs> it's freaky <laughs> thinking about it there because there's they're all going kind of mad well one more than the other and she ends up she finds out i think that's when she finds out yeah that you're Natalie right portman um is married to a guy who yeah, had i think she missing. finds the locket or something yeah yeah that's it because yeah. she wakes her up in the middle of the night yeah. but anyway one of them ties three others to a chair and she's like you guys have, I don't know, it's like she's going crazy and she wants answers, whatever, even though their mouths are tied. Well, I, they're going crazy at that point. And they're in the, like the second floor of a uh, abandoned house or whatever. And they hear one of their friends has been presumably killed. I think they saw the dead body already. So they, they the audience knows she's dead. Yes. 
Um, Natalie Portman. Right, that has happened. Yeah, she got dragged away by a bear. I know, I Natalie, know that happens. Yeah, I didn't and Natalie Portman found her body in the woods, so they knew that she was dead, but only yes. Natalie Portman had seen the body. Right. I knew, See, I knew that happened. I just didn't remember if that happened before or yep, after. it happened so before. It, so at that point, they know. So anyway, um, they're, they're tied to the chair, and they hear their friend from earlier who they thought died, and while well, the audience knows is dead, she's screaming for help. And then the other person goes, I'm the, per, the person who right tied them up to the chair <laughs> is like, oh my God, she's still alive. And she's like, she thought that like Natalie Portman was lying about it and whatnot. And she's like, oh, you were lying because she's still alive. And then she goes out of the room and you're like, you're still, the audience is locked in the room with the people in the chair. And then you hear like a horrible something happened, gunshots and whatever. And you still hear her screaming. And what is that? And it's horrible screaming. It's not. It's not like movie screaming. It's like Pete screaming yeah. in desperate someone death like, Someone screaming. Their, their friend is screaming like, "Help me! Help yeah, me!" In, over in and over desperate again. Desperate pain. Yeah. And then you see slowly like there's this weird mutated bear that lumbers into coming the room. up the stairs that has like half a head. Yep. Has like a skull for a head. I think it looks. looks like it looks kind of like its head has been like, like eroded it away or right. something like, like that. It's, got like, it's got like a little head or yeah. something, or a skull head. Yeah. Um, and it wanders in the room, and they're all tied to the chair still. Right. Like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, apparently it had just attacked the, yep. the girl that ran out there. But, but at that point, you're still like, who's screaming? What's going on? And then the bear opens his mouth, and the bear's screaming. And the bear makes the 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 scream of the girl, it's the woman that the it had sound killed. Because everything's merging, merging together in this weird shimmer. Yeah, so the bear the, the bear opens its mouth and you hear it's help a woman's, me, help it's me. A the woman screaming, screaming. Oh, and, it's, and it's walking freaky around. Freaky shit. It's walking around <laughs> the three of them. And of course, the, the three of them are like just sitting there, like sit perfectly don't move, still, don't this move. Incredibly freaky thing <laughs> is happening. Right. So yeah, that is. Uh, and then they eventually escape and they're able to defeat the bear. Yeah. <laughs> well, some of them are. Right. Won't spoil everything in the movie, but that's just fucking freaky it's and i it's like nightmare fuel where you're i i hate that image of just like something in the room and you can see like the top of it kind of bobbing like a jaws thing almost you see like the fin just yeah and it's like bobbing around the room you're like okay what what does it want i think that's why the movie crawl disturbed me too it's like Mm -hmm. i don't like that just Something just under the surface. You right. don't know what it and is. And it's an animal, so it's unpredicted, unpredictable. That's the other thing. So, of like course, it's, it's coming next to them. Horror movie animals. It's like, have to yeah, it's like on. sniffing at them, and it's an animal. So, of course, it could attack at any moment. And there's a part that I know. forgot, too, is where it like puts its jaws around like the shoulder of one of the girls. The whole scene is like it's just... <laughs> <laughs> like, it is not, there's no coming back from like that. It's, like it's going to bite like her shoulder off, and then it just like pauses there for a minute. Like right. it's kind of like gonna chew on her or right. something yeah. Uh, yeah there's there there's my life before that scene and my life it's just yeah. it is and i i mean I, i'm not even worried about overselling this movie because i'm so confident and so well that's good. the that's the thing that, that i mean to say about that scene is that in the four years past people would ask me you know being the horror person like well what's the last scary movie you saw and it's like movies don't necessarily horror movies don't scare me per se necessarily but i could, i appreciate them when they're well done that fucking freaked me out. Yeah. And, like, there are a few things, and I could think, like, there's a scene in It Follows that freaked me out. Or I had, like, a nightmare. It's just, like, little specific things, maybe even just to me. I know other people have pointed that scene out, too. But I would always say the that bear scene oh, in yeah. Annihilation. It's That it's, was always, like, 
even though I said like the movie kind of faded away, that scene I would always point to. It's like, well, if you like horror movies, they don't scare you so much. What was the last good scare you? And I always say Annihilation. It's like, <laughs> it's an iconic scene. And I saw it last night. Yep. I stand by that. It's an iconic <laughs> it's horror. It's an iconic horror scene that I would put up against the classics of that genre. Annihilation isn't just a horror movie, mm-hmm. but but that sequence it is a horror movie as well. And that sequence I would put on like could be on a top ten list maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if they did another Bravo scariest movie moments, that better be in there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, so wonderful scene. If that was like the only, Tell me, if, if if you never heard of this movie and you watched Bravo Scariest Moments <laughs> and they showed that scene, you would you would want you'd see watch it. that movie the next. If day. you're a certain kind of person, <laughs> well, yeah, obviously, well, we're talking to that certain right, right, kind right. of person. Um, so yeah, if that was the only great scene in this movie, it would probably still be worth recommending. Oh no, there's other things too. I don't want to just. But focus everything on that, else but. is also great. Yeah. But that is the iconic kind of central theme of the movie. That's the one I always think. Um, in terms of other like great moments in the film, I think for me everything. The other ones I really like happen after they go into the lighthouse, so I, well, I want to okay. maybe pause on that for now. Is there anything else though, that really stood out for you? Any like moment or like? Uh, well, the other one that's just just like visually mm-hmm. disturbing to me is w- when they watch the videotape of Oscar Isaac cutting the guy's stomach yeah. open. Oh, that's another. And his intent- paging David Cronenberg. Well, yeah. I mean, I think that's why specifically to me why it does. I don't do well with like body horror. And animals, mm-hmm. like I have specific. Oh this man, movie, this, this movie fucked you up. This movie's got it. <laughs> yeah, this movie <laughs> fucked you up. Well, that's the thing. Like I, I mean, remember, I, I like the fly and stuff uh, like that. It's right. just like body horror and stuff. I think we need to do an episode where it's like confront your fears mm-hmm. because those fucking freak me out. Those types of movies, like The Fly, or like yeah, basically Cronenberg stuff. But I love the movies. You know, it's like I, I want to see them, but I'm a little hesitant in watching them. Yeah. <laughs> but that scene when. But isn't that that's thrilling as a horror fan? <laughs> no, right? that's what I'm you saying. You think you're jaded, but then you find something that actually disturbs right. you. It's like thrilling. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not trying to say like it's not my cup of tea. I don't, I don't like watching David Cronenberg movies. I love watching right. David Cronenberg movies, but right. but I do. I'm like trying to kind of chasing that thrill. But there is a scene when Oscar Isaac is cutting open one of the guy's stomach on the tape that they're watching. And you see, like, it's, you don't see it very well because they're, like, shooting it with their own handheld camera. And then inside, the gu- you don't even know why they're cutting open the stomach. Like, right. well, how do they know what to look in there right. or whatever? Um, but his intestines are, like, I don't even know how to describe it. Like, his intestines are, like, swirling around him. Yeah, it, it almost, it almost they pull back the stomach, and it almost looks like there's a large worm or snake yeah. Coiled around his insides, and it's like um, just so swirling it could be around his it. intestines, or is it an animal? I thought it was supposed to be his intestines. Yeah, or is it an animal inside? But him? then Oscar Isaac like Some reaches kind of out and like touches it. He puts his hand behind it and like goes over his hand. And yeah, and they're moving. They're yeah. like, so it's very bizarre. That was, that one like stuck in my brain. Yeah. Like just that oh, yeah. specific visual of it. Yeah, just because it's so weird. Like. Yeah. You don't know how to process it. Yeah. It's so bizarre. bizarre. I found out that was like a practical effect, too. Oh, cool. Yeah. They Love use it. a lot of practical stuff. Love it. Uh, yeah. I think all the animals must have been CG, but... Um, uh, it was like a mix. Yeah. All right. What else is great about this movie? Do you want to talk about <laughs> cinematography or score first? <laughs> well, the score, probably. Both because both are fucking great. <laughs> cinematography is hard to talk about because people always throw that term around. And they don't know what the right. fuck they're talking about. Right. Um, I might be one of those people, but I do want to talk I might, about. I do want to talk too, about the look of this film. Well, I was going to say, like, cinematography basically is that. Right. Like, it's just how it's 
visually presented. Yeah. Um, but the score is good because I forgot. That is one of the things that I want to talk about too. And I almost, if you didn't mention it, I might forget about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Well, let the, so what? Uh, how would you describe it? Uh, how did you like the way the music was used in this movie? Yeah, I thought it was I, it was great. It was it matched it perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's not even like my style of music, mm-hmm. but I don't. It's, again, with Cronenberg, it's like I I love it. So like, how would you describe it? The score for the bulk of this movie again before they go in the lighthouse because then it changes. But bef- it's like, kind of like uh, like machine electronica mm-hmm. stuff, but. Like s- kind of soft or subtle, almost kind of like a folksy kind of like. Um, well, that's the soundtrack. I mean, are you right. talking about the score or yeah. like the soundtrack? Well, I mean, like I guess I guess both. Okay, um, I don't the score, whatever. I don't. Yeah, I don't really know what else to say about it. It's yeah. just like the music that they're listening to in their house, right? Yeah. You're talking about. Well, I, I, I thought everything kind of had that feel. Because, yeah, they do listen to that one folk song, mm-hmm. which both, uh, if you listen to the lyrics of the folk song, well, seems yeah. to be commenting both uh, on what's going on in the plot and also thematically in the movie. Yeah. Um, but I, I thought that the score, it all I kinda, was thinking about it, mainly it the had, music at the end. Like. Yeah, yeah the, but not but like throughout the movie, um, the as I remember, the score is kind of like, is it's hard to talk about music, but it, it's very gentle. It has kind of like a gentle kind of. Well, that's it's never intrusive. S- it's not manipulative. You know, it's this very like. That's what I was gonna say when subtle. you when you asking how to describe it. I was, or when you were talking about quieter moments, and I'm thinking about like louder electronica stuff. I think it builds. Mm. Like I think it knows how to do that. It's like um, the music will start at a really low register. Yeah, w- like three scenes. Um, in the like, or three scenes before it builds, you know, like it'll start going on. You don't even realize it, and then like a few, so, like it slowly builds. Yeah. And by the time you get to another scene, like the basically like the end of the movie, right? It's like you think the speakers are gonna blow up. It's right. like, Wah. yeah, yeah. Oh, it sounds like so it sounds like cool. you're in like a factory or something, yeah. and like oh, machines are going on. And it's alien. Like, that's the stuff that I completely think completely alien. Yeah, yeah. The mu- the score so kind of like the, bill- the score it, it, kind of mutates along with the well, film. Yeah, it yeah. kind of like gets under your skin. So and well done. Like, well, I'll tell you one I thing. I think it does kind of manipulate. <laughs> like, I think you're, you know what? You're right. You're, you know what? You're right. It doesn't manipulate you in the obvious way, but by the time you reach the end, you're right. It basically it does its job. It works on you. It's working on you, but you don't know what's working on you. It but does I'll, exactly what it's supposed but to But I'll do. tell you what I, I realized about it when I watched this again is like when there was something um, bizarre about the creatures and the animal attacks and the action sequences uh-huh. in this movie. And I was like, why, why do these feel so different than in other movies? And I think there's a lot of reasons. But I think one of the reasons was when that alligator comes out, when that bear is there, when they're shooting at them, what you don't hear is dun, 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 oh, or, yeah. dun, dun, or there's no big stings. There's no... The, when they're, they're fighting that alligator, the music is... It's just kind of floating there in the background. Yeah. And that gives That's all cool. that stuff an eerie resonance. And that really stood out to me that time. I really liked really? that. Really? I didn't even think about that, but that is that is true. When I hor- didn't notice it the first when time. When the horror is just like laid out in yeah, front of you. The horror is just there, and yeah. the score is just kind of doing its eerie kind of thing in the background. Mm. The score isn't doesn't appear to be giving it any help in an obvious way. Right. The score is not telling you, now be scared. Yeah, I'm think, the I'm movie thinking is about, confident enough that you're going to be scared. I'm thinking <laughs> about the part where, like, the jump scare, right. where she's standing by the, at the very beginning, where Tessa Thompson's ca- character is standing by the door, and the alligator gets her. Yep. It literally just, like, yanks her out. Yeah, you don't like, hear, like, What was that? <laughs> yeah, and in any other movie, any other movie, oh, yeah. you would hear, even, even just a quick little square. Nope. None of that in there. Or even it would like cut to a reaction or something. Yeah. It looks like. <laughs> yep. And then you get to the end, 
and they go into the lighthouse, and you do get that bizarre electronic, yeah. like, that's what I was thinking of when you're talking about. You know, I don't know how to, a lot of movies use a version of that now, yeah. but um, it is so freaky, and it is so cool, and it is so well done when they confront the alien presence. Uh, however you want to describe that, whatever it actually is. You know, it's funny you mentioned that scene with the alligator, too, because I was literally just listening to this morning uh, on my way to work um, some, like, making of thing about it, um, about the movie and how they did special effects, uh, or in practical effects, too. Um, the way they shot with the alligator is they knew that there was going to be a scene with an animatronic alligator at some point. This is not the scene where it yanks her, but it's the scene where it, like, jumps into the water. Mm-hmm. They're like what the fuck was that? Like something just jumped in the water over there. That was like a real reaction that they had because they knew that there was going to be an alligator, but the special effects team, like Alex Garland was like, can we just, are we ready to use this today? Like, let's do it, but let's not tell the, Oh, cool. Yeah. Let's not tell the, um, the actors or whatnot. Right. You know, let's just try to make the alligator like jump in the water and see. So that scene, like the reaction in the movie is the girls like, what the fuck was that? Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I just thought that was so great. And it's just like, it's not like an entirely improvised movie. Right. But he knew right. that, like, that moment was like, we might be able to get, like, a genuine reaction yeah. here. Yeah. And it might work. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it is. It's so funny. Um, yeah. So, great score. Um, oh, sorry. I went off the music. No, that's that's perfect. I was um, thinking, like, when you first said music about it, I'm thinking about stuff like, we were just talking about Drive. Um, and I was thinking about also... I like David Fincher music with like Atticus Ross. Oh yeah. Like I was thinking like social network yeah. type stuff. Um, yeah. But you're, but you're right. It does. It only does that when it takes over at the end. It like it yeah. Slowly it's very it. gentle. But I like what you said because because when I was thinking non manipulative, I'm thinking it's not using those stings. It's not helping with, mm. for the jump scares. But you're right. You are being manipulated. Well, it's all manipulative because it's building and it's it's mutating and changing mm. and becoming more strange. And that when they finally enter the truly alien environment of the interior of the lighthouse, um, it's it's complete al- It's an alien soundtrack. Yeah. I I think they wanted with the music, and I don't know, because I don't think I heard anything with him talking about the music of it. Yeah, I should have noted the name of the but composer, I think they, too. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. That's one thing that I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I think they wanted it to be like, you didn't realize you were listening to this particular song or part of the score until it was, like, too late. Yeah. So that's what it feels like to me. Yep. That's what I mean about, like, it builds slowly. Yep. yep. And not, like, in a bad way, like, oh, fuck, what was I listening to? But right. kind of in a way where you're like, was I, have I been listening to this music the entire time? Like, right. Where it's it's almost like they've got their hand on the knob, and it's slowly. So well done. Each scene, you just, like, slowly turn yeah. it up, and by the end, you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, turn it off. So well done. So well done. And, um... So then let's talk about the look of the movie, because I think that you it, it's kind of amazing we've gotten this far without doing it, because this is such a unique looking film. It's beautiful. Um, so when that in one of the interview segments that we mentioned, when they cut back, um, they're asking her, how long were you in there? Did you eat? Like, and she's kind of like, it, it was dreamlike. And he says, yeah, and that- then he says, nightmarish. And she says. Not always. It was often very beautiful. And indeed, that is how most of the shimmer appears. Because you've got these beautiful, multicolored, blooming flowers. Most of the scenes are in daylight, unusual for horror. Um, Just 
I don't even know where to start. It's just so spectacular visually. Some of the mutations they see. Um, I always remember the guy. So they find the body, quote unquote, of the guy oh, who, who they I know see what you're say too, cut yeah. open in the in the fil- in the. It's like an empty duck um, swimming pool. Yeah, and they see that they find his body, but it's almost. It looks as though his body has the, the upper portion of his torso has exploded or bloomed against the yeah. wall into this bizarre avant-garde sculpture of fungus and plant and and human I was bizarreness. Thinking, I was thinking that when I watched it this time around, too. It's like, I'd like a poster of that. There are all <laughs> kinds of images like that in the movie. The crystalline trees leading up to the, the lighthouse. Yeah. I could go on and on and on. The, the, um, the, the, deer with the flowers in their antlers mm-hmm. uh the human shaped blooms uh that they come across it's it is an extraordinary looking bear film Extra- the set design um it's it's breathtaking the shimmer itself looks gorgeous mm-hmm. um and my god the set in the lighthouse when they walk in there they walk into a fucking david lynch movie and it's got like what looks like coral like growing over the walls there's this it's all white and there's this dark black hole where the alien yes. where the center of the alien presence resides yeah, it's like it's like a foxhole or it something it is like a david lynch movie and then when they go down there i, I always Oof. think it looks like a like hr geiger like alien yeah spaceship. yeah but the yep. walls are like moving yeah and like it's yeah it's this weird mix of organic and non-organic it's mm-hmm. just bizarre and it's it i think but see that that's I don't think that's cinematography though. That's uh, that's right. like production design. Yeah, you know, like that's the design. Well, let's the say movie. the look of the movie. Okay, <laughs> the look of the movie needs to be. I mean, I know what cinematography is. It's just it's almost harder to explain right. than the score is. Right. You know, it's like trying to explain plot right. and story and stuff. But the movie looks amazing. Yeah, I, I mean, it looks well. Absolutely, it's so creative. I just think it ha- it's so unique. It is. It looks like what? nothing else. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It doesn't. And that's just part of what helps it's gorgeous. it. Gorgeous. That's what helps it stay in your mind too. It's like. You say the name Annihilation, and I'm like, I can picture the whole movie. Like, I know exactly what it, not in a way where it spoils it. I'm just saying, like, I can see every part of it. Like, I know exactly what it looks like. It's mm-hmm. c- just because it's so unique, and it stands out in a way. What did you think of the performances in the movie, just so we hit every <laughs> aspect of it? I thought they were good. Um, I thought there was one standout, and I think it might be a lot of people's least favorite performance. Oh, really? See, I, I think it was good good when it needed to be I, I don't know if necessarily it's like a performance movie no so i don't know it's difficult because it's like i love the stuff with um oscar isaac and mm-hmm. natalie portman like even just like with the dialogue it's it's like where they're firing on all cylinders it's like this is good dialogue it's shot well yep even stuff where i notice he's like shooting through things you know because the shimmer is like a prism um, that refra- it refracts light. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to say. It refracts stuff and uh, sound waves and stuff. He'll shoot scenes where when Oscar Isaac first comes home and they're holding hands, he's shooting it through the glass. So you're, like, seeing their hands, like, warped. Oh, together. yeah. Yep, I know exactly. Um, yeah, or, or merged together. Yeah, you can't quite tell what it is. And yep. then he's behaving weird and she's kind of, like, because her hands are, like, interlocked. Yep. But it's not something. I mean, a glass of water. It's, it's, it's not something that nobody's going to notice, right? But it is, it's a nice little touch that they well, have. and takes on additional resonance once you watch the movie all the way through. Yeah. This idea of merging, this idea of doubling, this idea of like. Oh yeah, that's the other thing. There's so much. Yeah. There's so much. <laughs> I, I'm at this point. There's I mean, another one like that too, where he's filming it through something else like that. Yeah. 
and, and like deliberately so you can tell. Yeah. But it's something where it's like just in the background or mm-hmm. just I, I guess it's in the foreground, but I don't know. There's a lot of stuff like that going on all the time in it. Well, my pa- favorite performance was oh, Jennifer. Performances, I forgot. No, that's all right. That's all right. <laughs> my, it's all connect- That's the thing about this movie. It's all connected. It all like works together. So when you talk about the score, you have to talk about how the movie. Oh, works. you really like Jennifer Jason Lee? I love Jennifer Jason Lee in this mm-hmm. movie, and I, I I can see like some people not liking her performance because she seems very detached emotionally, depressed. Mm-hmm. Um, she has this kind of twitchy kind of quality to her she's she's always scribbling and doodling in her office um she's always kind of like picking at her nails or like oh yeah doing kind of like nervous eating and stuff i thought her performance in this movie was absolutely fantastic i I don't know if i necessarily picked up on those like consciously Mm -hmm. but now that you say that like yeah that's that is true i was a little bit kind of back and forth with her performance a little bit too (laughs) so i might be one of the people you're talking about yep where to me it came across she's a great actress Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong, but some of it felt like, like, not I don't want to say cheesy, but just like stereotypical. Like, um, this is what this doctor like. You are mean psychologist trying to manipulate the crew, and it seems like that's all it was at first. You'd find out that there's way more, but I don't, there there's something like removed from her performance. But I think that's supposed to be there. She is detached in a way too. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of read it like that at first. Ultimately, I did come around to it and like it, but I, I was kind of put off a little bit. Like, well, what is she doing exactly? What does she want? What is her real motivation? And I think yeah. you kind of find out at the very end what she wants because yeah. well, what what you can spoil it. What does well, she want? Because I don't. It's not clear. I think she wants. I mean, that's not cheesy. Complete <laughs> annihilation. I, I think she just wants to be dispersed. Yeah, the, the, the complete destruction and dissolution of the self, uh, which is a major theme of this movie. Yeah. Because once, so now but, we'll. But why though? Like, what is now that we'll, motivation? Now we'll shift into kind of what the shimmer is and what this movie is about thematically. Um, I, I think it's because she's dying. She has terminal cancer. Like, like it's. But why not her. just die? Well, because maybe she want she doesn't want to go through like the the like experience and pain of like you know this undignified like earthly death with her body failing her. Maybe she. But should, why not kill yourself? You know what I'm saying? Like, right. Why is this right. the right. thing? Right. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe maybe that doesn't make as much sense from like a practical. Well, I don't know. I mean, I'm not I'm not saying like what is the answer because there's a specific answer. Yeah. I'm just kind of what because I don't. I don't know if I have an answer. Yeah. To that. Well, I don't need. And see, here's like I, don't I, have, know if I have an interpretation. I have my own kind of interpretation of the movie and its themes, but I'm not 100 percent sure I'm correct. And the movie doesn't like spell everything out for you. Well, you I've heard. I mean? it, actually, I've heard Alice Garland talk but, about. But that what I time. what I, you know, kind of read is like you know, she's, she feels like she's at the you know her life is coming to an end, and and she's looking for some kind of like meaning at the the center yeah. of this unexplainable like phenomenon that. and then and then because she goes into the lighthouse and into the, the hole <laughs> before natalie portman comes and finds right. her so she's already seems to have had this experience with this like alien entity and when natalie portman finds her she seems to have come to some kind of like like uh understanding this higher level of consciousness about what yeah. is happening and yep. what the shimmer is and what it means and what she finally says that it is is it's it, like she's at a cult temple yeah or it's something. annihilation and then she spews out this energy and her body disperses and all this like colored yeah. like light or whatever um man there's so much to say and it's so difficult um so 
Let's do it this way. What? What do? You, what is the shimmer? Like, what is it? <laughs> uh, we might have read the movie wrong or differently then, yeah. because I don't. I don't know. I don't think there isn't. I look at it more again, like sort of like a behind the scene things where Alex Garland's trying to was trying to explain it, and like it makes sense. Well, what did he say about it? He, do, I mean, he doesn't say because it's not that it, specifically. Yeah. He's talking about like basically like um, inspirations for the movie, mm-hmm. and I know it's based on a book, so yeah. he, it's not entirely his. Yeah. Um, but it kind of is. Yeah. His. Because he said when he wrote it, and this is funny because it's like you never hear anybody adapting a book like this. And it's cool that he got the go-ahead to do it. But he said he read the book once, and the book is very, like, psychedelic. The characters don't even have names. Like, it'd be almost impossible to film it. Like I can't wait to read the book, by the way. I'm definitely reading this book. He said it'd be, like, impossible, or at least he he said he couldn't do it. He couldn't film the, the book as a movie. So he said, I'm just going to treat it like it's a, like it's a sort of like a dream state. So he read the book once, and he's like, "I'm going to write the, I'm going to write the screenplay from my memory of the book, right? And my just experience of the book, because the book's kind of about that. It's kind of about like a dreamlike, because that's what he said. He said the book felt like reading a dream. He's like, oh, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna write a script, like using like a story structure, um, with my memory of the book. And he's like, well, some of the stuff I might remember wrong, and some I might remember right. And he's like. I was up front with the guy that wrote it, and I'm like, this is the, what I want to do with the story. And the I, book is the first in a trilogy, yep. and he only read the first book, which is all that was available at the time. Yep. Yeah, because he was writing the other ones, I think, mm-hmm. um, as he was making the movie. Yeah, it was it was purchased before it was published. Yeah. I just think that's such an anti... The, when he was talking about that stuff, I kept thinking about like the damn comic book movies, which I like them. Uh, I mean, I like for the most part. I don't have anything against Marvel and comic movies. I've, it, I love a lot of them. See, Iron Man 3. But, <laughs> but whenever you hear something like, "Oh, it wasn't comics accurate," oh, I hate that. <laughs> that was just the first thing that came to mind after yeah. I, I saw that because it's so anti what he wants to do, right? You know, and it, it's so anti to me, like creatively, right? Why would you literally want to transcribe the exact? It's just like you adapt a story, like you adapt. I mean, well, Infinity War is not a good example because they do adapt it into. It's different. Mm. Um, but why would you literally want to transcribe a movie or a, like a story? I'm thinking comic books, but like the a comic and put it on the screen literally exactly how it looks. Costumes the same, dialogues the same, words are the same, and then fans are like, "That's what I want." Right? Why would you want that? Right? Right? <laughs> I want to see like a director take that awesome story and spin it. You be faithful to the source material. Or not. Right. You don't necessarily have to. But do something else with it. Like, if right. you're going to spend all this time making movie, and that's also why he said he doesn't want to do any tr- any franchise movie. He's never... Because oh, people it. ask him... Do you know how, he see, goes, he do you know how disappointed I would be if he directed, like, Thor, <laughs> the next Thor movie or something? Yeah, there's no danger of Alex <laughs> Thank God. Can you have... Oh, my God. I'd be so disappointed. But he was talking because he would go on... Like, I'm talking to you, Sam Raimi. He would go on the interview, <laughs> like, you know, circuits... And they would always ask, like, the same dipshit oh questions you would ask to, like, uh, Spider-Man. Yeah. It was like, what are your ideas for a sequel? Or, like, what do you think happened at the end? Right. Where it's like, Alex Garland doesn't care what right. happens to the characters afterwards. He just wanted to, like, make the story. Right. And that's that was his explanation for it, too. <laughs> well, yeah, I read, too, that he was, like, given the opportunity to, like, 
see outlines for like the following books. Um, oh really? Oh, and the, and, okay. the trailer, and he said no because it might affect what I'm doing with okay. this movie. Okay. You know, I didn't hear that, yeah. but it makes total sense. Yeah. Like hearing what he said about yeah. it too. Yeah, and he also said like, if I'm going to spend two or three years of my life making a movie, and he like he was talking about with franchise movies too. He's like, I don't have anything against him. If you want to make a franchise movie, that's good for you. Like, yeah. I'm glad you found that thing to do. He's like, but if I spend three years of my life or two years of my life, whatever it is, developing, and he's spent longer than that making, trying to get a movie made, he's like, well, if, if I spend three years on a movie, I know myself, I'm going to be sick of it by the end of three years. Right. He's like, I'm going to want to do something completely different. Right. I'm not going to want to do part two. So maybe he was relieved that this movie was does not was not a hit and didn't have to do a sequel to it. Maybe it kind of felt like in interviews he's like, almost like he expected it to happen. <laughs> yeah, like he's like, yeah, the, my, maybe my he, movies are critically maybe successful. Maybe he self sabotaged, like like wanted yeah, to blow wanted himself. to blow up his own film. Like well, the that's people like in the movie wanted to earlier. blow up their lives. That is that is the main theme that he wanted to do in the movie. Okay, self destruction. Self destruction. Yeah. Yeah, because let me let me kind of give you, you my. You can totally see that. Let me too. give you my take on like kind of like what this movie is about and like the theme of the movie, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like it talks out. It starts out like um, one of the early scenes of the movies you see that introduces her character. You see Natalie Portman um, giving a lecture to her students about yeah. how cells work, right? They they we everything on Earth. It starts with one and they evolved from one single organism. And then it divided and divided and divided and divided. And when that process gets out of control, that's cancer. That's what we're going to be studying. And again, cancer shows up again and again. This idea of of doubling and multiplying and merging and coming apart and coming together shows up constantly throughout the movie. Um, And then, like I said, we find out throughout the course of the film, all these women have... Um, trauma in their past and for many of them not all actually but for many of them it's kind of like at least somewhat self-inflicted and they talk about people with innately in our genes um, have a a desire a tendency a drive towards self-destruction yeah and that is implied that's what natalie portman was doing by having this affair you know, she's trying to blow yeah. up her marriage, which is a thing that people do all the time. Um, yeah, you have the alcoholic and the girl cutting and all this stuff. Um, and I think what the shimmer is, because it's not a simple sci-fi concept. You kind of understand what's happening. No, it's like a, it's a big concept so you can explore all yeah, this you, stuff. Yeah, you kind of understand what the shimmer is, but it's, it's sort of explained. But, but the way I see it is like the shimmer is like essentially merging everything into one thing. Yeah. Right. So like we're all all the plants, all the animals, everything within this space, which eventually will encompass the entire Earth, um, is merging into one thing. They're like the Borg. Right. So it's kind of like the, it's kind of like the cells are going back. It's kind of like Earth is returning to being a single organism. Yeah. Um, and for some of the characters, there's an appeal uh, to that. But what we lose. So it's not that's why I said, like, the characters are lost, but. It seems wrong to say they died. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. The, when you say that, I think like all the characters have, um, except for um, Jennifer Jason Lee's character, who literally does have cancer, right? And that will kill her, right? All the other stuff that they have w- that would make them damaged or traumatized, it's not going to kill them, right? Like, I mean, aside right. from cutting yourself, but she's not. Well, but, no, not really. Though they even say, in yeah, the, no, they're like, oh, yeah. she's trying to sl- yeah. slit her wrist or whatnot, yeah. like. No, she's trying just to feel something to feel alive, like, yeah. like a cutter. Yep. Yeah, and so like none of this stuff is going to kill you, right. Unless 
you do it to yourself. Right. Like you, it drives you insane. Right. Or maybe insane is not the right word, but it motivates you to do it. Which is the other the thing that I think about the shimmer. Um, I think you're right, but the thing that I think of is how like, just like unmotivated it is. How like it just okay yeah. When so they keep asking like, what does it want? What is it? I think that's the entire point of the movie yeah, too. It's so like, that 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 what, was what's good, what's right. evil. So what that, does that even mean? So that's another of my favorite moments. What did it? What did it want? Yeah, I don't think it wanted anything. Yeah. So I don't know. I actually don't know, and I don't think it matters. But it's certainly not clear in the movie. Is the alien the kind of core of the Shimmer, the alien presence, intelligent? I don't think there's necessarily evidence that it is. It's it's some kind of a force, some kind of an evolutionary, maybe an anti-evolutionary force. Yeah. It may be intelligent, but I don't think there's evidence that it is intelligent. You know, it's just this kind of like alien force that doesn't exist in our universe. Yeah. This 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 thing that causes everything to merge together, that goes against everything we know about biology, and um, so all these and all these women react differently to this because if you give yourself over or are taken by this force and the shimmer um what you lose is your individuality yourself you might still exist in some form you know which the one girl wanted yeah that thing and they all react differently so like the one girl who was the cutter and you have that great scene where you see like the um the plant starting to grow out of her arms she's just kind of like she's like you know um Ventress, which is um, Jennifer Lee's character, she wants to confront it, and these people want to fight it. And she's like, I don't think I want either of those things. And she kind of wanders off, and the implication she becomes is, one. yeah, she just kind of dissolves into the the landscape and becomes mm-hmm. part of the the environment, you mm-hmm. know, in this kind of like benign kind of way. Um, and um, at the end of the movie. Um, Natalie Portman is the only one who makes it out. And and at some point she says, or somebody says about her, she's, well, I had to come back because I think right. what, ha- what happened to her character's journey is she was on a self-destructive path. None of them right? had a reason to she, come out. She, yeah. No, because they all ultimately wanted what the Schumer offered yeah. and they all wanted to be annihilated. You know, Ventress specifically wanted it, you know, but all the others on some level, yeah. wanted it too. Um, and Natalie Portman wanted it. That's why she was having an affair. But ultimately, she decided, no, I want to be, hold on to myself. I yeah, want to try to back. move forward. She fights back. She ultimately destroys the alien presence, perhaps. Um, and the shimmer goes away. She makes it back out to her husband, who we now at that point know is not really the husband, but rather a duplicate made by the Shimmer, which is a whole thing. That I we're like not even, that one. At we're the very end, she, I don't remember. I didn't remember that line though. When she's like, "Are you Kane?" He goes, "I don't think so." Like, and I, then, I and then that. he asks her, "Are you her character's name?" Lena, and yeah. she doesn't say anything. Yep. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, no, it's perfect. This whole idea of self and identity and this drive for self destruction is such. Well, it made me think at the at that end part two. I was like. She knows it's not her husband. I mean, it's pretty clear that it's right. not. But it's kind of 
close enough that it right. kind of is her husband, so like, it doesn't even matter anymore. Yeah, it like, doesn't matter. It, it like, does make you like, think. what is what? Where is there a difference? Is there an endpoint between one person and the beginning of another? You know what? It's just. I mean, this is good science fiction. These, well, if these you, kinds of thematic discussions, this is what you go to good science fiction for. If you listen to any of Alex Garland's interviews, which I kind of got sucked down a little rabbit hole too, um, I just started doing it like two days ago or three days ago or whatever, the beginning of the week, um, or maybe like the middle of the week actually. Um, he is just like a fucking really intelligent. Love it. Not even just like a. Well, it doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise you. Just look at the the work no, he's but done I mean, as like, a screenwriter. In and terms of like being a science fiction writer, this yeah. is the guy you want. Yeah. I was listening to him on podcast about like shit way over my head, mm-hmm. talking about like quantum physics and oh, shit. Yeah. And he was like making points that the other guy was like, "Oh God, I never thought of it that way." Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like he's a screenwriter, right? And he knows like all right. this shit because they were asking him about alien life. Do you think there's alien life out there? He goes, well, kind of like in Annihilation. I think that possibly we've already met, like, met aliens and we don't even know, or we've seen vague signs, and the aliens don't even know that we're here. Because someone asked him, do the aliens in Annihilation even know that humans exist? He's like, I don't think so. Right. Like, I don't think they even, know what's, such they a, don't even know what's going it's on. It's such a different level of consciousness like, and his, understanding. His alien like, just is. Yeah, and it and is and is there? truly alien. Like they ask That's her, the other thing they ask her, too. is it is it carbon based? Like, no, I I don't know. Could you describe its form? Well, no, it doesn't have a form. Yeah, you know, just had like no everything we understand about how physics and biology works, yeah. this is truly alien. This is something that does not our minds can't wrap their heads around. And if yeah. this thing even has a mind or something like a mind, it can't wrap its head around us. And when those two things clash, something very strange happens. Yeah, he was talking about making the alien like that with like, well, I always think like no motivation. Just like, right. because he said whenever there's aliens in other movies, um, people always assign human characteristics right. to them. The aliens always want whatever, uh, right. a resource, or they want to eat humans or they want to kill like all and it's the, a motivation all, that motivations we, are all human exactly that we can understand yeah. yeah so he gives them something like maybe they do have a motivation we don't we can't understand it yeah are they carbon-based maybe they're made of something we've never are they is it sentient do they even know what carbon is yeah, yeah is it, is it one being is it many is it was it sent here the, the yeah. film doesn't offer answers no. and then the movie bombs and that's why yeah. because it's so people don't want it yeah people want to be already yeah. on the way out of the theater most people want to be talking about what movie they're going to see next right. or the end credits scene because by Did the you end stay for the end right. credits be, annihilation be, scene well i watched yes. the credits on annihilation <laughs> but not because i thought there would be a stinger but but um, Stan Lee. but that's the thing it's like um and i like movies like that too it's like yeah no i'm not but, saying there's but annihilation bad about it. is not a puzzle to be solved with a single answer at right. the end it's right. an experience to be had and it leads to discussions like this, yeah. which if you're not chasing that experience when you go to the movies, what are you even doing? <laughs> you well, know, I, I guess the, you're just seeing Spider-Man or the something. Most people, <laughs> most people I know, and this is just like the last few years, like it's kind of ramped up a little bit, but the people who are like quote unquote movie people, like that's their thing or whatever, right. you know, whatever, they just, they line up with everybody else. Right. There's no like real, I mean, you, you got to look for it. There's no like genuine opinion anymore. There's so many people that I know, and this is a movie that could potentially divide people. Now we're on the same page, but there are things oh, yeah. that, like when you talk about Jennifer Jason Lee, I was kind of like, yeah, yeah, that's the one element I I could see people disagreeing with. Yeah, mm-hmm. 
but that's okay. Right. Like, people want the movie where, like, I was thinking with Morbius, and I was talking to a few people at work that are, like, movie nerds. Did you like it? What do you think they said? You know they didn't like it. Exactly. Yeah, because you're not because Morbius isn't a bad movie. That I haven't seen it, it, but like that's that's the opinion you're supposed to have about Morbius. But then it's like you got to ask, what was the good thing about it? They can't tell you. No idea. The whole movie was terrible. Worst movie ever. (laughs) It's like you can talk about them without even. It's like group think. It's like we're all we are all. It, the annihilation is happening. We're all becoming one. Yeah. Like. So when you and when you talk about that, it's like uh, that's when I as frustrating as it is to me and as puzzling as it kind of is. That's when I'm like, yeah, I, I do understand why this movie didn't yeah. do well. But well, it's that's so what I mean. Like frustrating. if you it's think so about it. Yeah, but yeah. I'm at glad Alice Garland made the movie he wanted to make. I'm glad it exists. I am 100 percent confident people are going to continue to come around to it, discover this film. It will be considered a classic in 10 years time. And you got to see Ex Machina too. I'm definitely going to see it. I'm going to see his next and movie we're going then. really long too actually okay <laughs> well let's definitely wrap up um, our opinion it's actually not too bad yeah well let's unless you have i'm trying to think i, I there was so much I that i wanted to say there's so much i could yeah. say is there anything else you definitely want to get in i mean the the appearance of the alien at the end so fucking cool oh i did like, like that like okay so i've talked about before um things that qualify as action scenes because i'm more of an action mm-hmm. fan i think that's a great action scene right she's trying to escape there's there's like a double that forms yeah. of her. Or at that point, it's not even a double of her, but it's like some. It's weird a it's a half formed double. Yeah, it's like yeah. it basically looks kind of like a yeah humanoid alien. Yeah, yeah, it's the, humanoid. That's the the word. I'm gonna call it the center of the shimmer, okay. um, because I don't know if it's like an entity that's it, creating the shimmer it, or if it's just a you know what. But but when when she confronts the the center of the shimmer. Um, a, a double, the shimmer forms a and half formed double of her, yeah. which is what happened to Oscar Isaac's character, and in, indeed it was. Oh the, yeah, you do find that it was out, the yeah. double that made it out of the shimmer. Yeah. So that's the kind of a little twist at the ending. But yeah, there's this this half. But again, like the twist, r- yeah, right. doesn't ruin the entire the, movie. There's it's this half the formed double about. of Natalie Portman's character, so it's like humanoid. It's it has her build and height and everything, mm-hmm. but it's it's black yeah, and it has, blank. It, has it has no, no features. features. Yeah. It's like all gray. Yeah. But, um, and it mimics her every movement. Th- that's the cool thing is, like, you wouldn't necessarily think of that as, like, a Mission Impossible action scene, you know? Right. But it's cool the way that she has to kind of, like, figure out a way to, almost like, maybe not, not even action scene, but, like, problem-solving yep. shit, like, detective maybe mm-hmm. stuff. I'm, like, kind of lumping it all in the same category, right. which I tend to do. Uh, I know a lot of people don't, but I do like that as an action scene where she's kind of, like, it's mimicking her every move, but she thinks it's, like, coming at her, um, so she tries to back up. And, of course, what happens when it's, like, looking at you? It's like, Well, basically, it's mirroring her. That's yeah. what it's doing. So every time she takes a step back, it takes a step forward. Right, yeah, that's better way to say And then it, it's, yeah. like, it's standing in front of her, and, the, like, the doorway is over here. Right. But what, how do you... How do you escape something that's mimicking your moving movements that's standing right in front of you? It's right. like, how do you get past a mirror? Right. So she, like, tries to, like... I just, it, it's disturbing and it's cool. Like, I just love when she takes a step back and then the creature, like... And the creature is, like, the, maybe doesn't even want to harm her. It's just... Oh, like, I don't think it does. I don't think so either. Yeah. Well, clearly, because it kind of, at one point, she runs for the door. Eventually, she figures out a way to kind of, like, get around it. And she runs for the door and she gets there and it's, like, right behind her and it yeah. slams into her. Yeah, that, that scene like, where she's being pressed against the yeah, door by her Yeah, that's what I mean about, like, action. Yeah. yeah, and she's, like, she's now she's up against the door and the double's, like, 
just pressing itself up against her. And it looks like she's, like, getting, like, smothered. Yeah. And she's like, it's going to kill her. Because she's, she's fighting, and it's, like, copying her. The more she so fights, like <laughs> the more it's going to press against her. So then, yeah. of course, she, like, she passes out. Or she, like, loses her breath. She, like, goes limp. Yeah. And then... Course, I wasn't clear if she actually was passing out she or if she was deliberately. It. But it doesn't matter. The point is she goes limp and falls I back. thought about that, too. I was like, I don't know if she actually is Releases doing that. all her muscular tension, yeah. and that's the way that to break free, I to, think, not, to not resist. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think that probably is it, because I thought about that, too. I was like, is she faking yeah, it? It kind of doesn't it, matter. It, no, it, it, yeah. it doesn't, but it's kind of cool, because what's the only way to get out of that situation where it's, like, up against you? You do. You like play possum or something. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yep. She passes out and drops to the ground. And of course, it does too. And it, like, there's a way. And she finally manipulates it to like grabbing a grenade and killing mm-hmm. itself. Killing, quote unquote, whatever. Right. But it ultimately destroys the shimmer. Yeah, I just like that whole. I guess uh, maybe action is not the right word. Yeah. No, it, I, think that's like, good, I think that's like a good word of it for as any. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I like that. That's what I liked about. Because you, the, if you describe it, the whole end scene doesn't have any dialogue or anything either. Right. Like for like maybe. 15 or 20 minutes there's no right, dialogue that's true, yeah You're like that could really put an audience off but if you look at it like but it has a cool action scene yeah. at the end like why wouldn't it work yeah know? but i as much as i loved it from uh, opening frame to last i i i do know i you could just you just know at the end people were unsatisfied they wanted an answer yeah, they yeah. wanted an explanation they want and i think it's all pretty much there you know but mm-hmm. it's not tied up with a neat little bow there's ambiguity there there's room for different interpretations well i um, think i think what people want people don't to, like that people want the answer and when your movie is specifically um like cuz movies can be left vague and audiences oh, still yeah well no i'm not saying like movies like movies can be left vague like that's a surprising thing i'm just saying like there have been successful movies right. that audiences respond to that are vague right um it doesn't necessarily that's not necessarily an indicator that it's going to fail but i think his problem was that he well it's not problem but the problem with the connection with the audience he deliberately made a movie with a villain with no motivation right and i think that's the problem so people are looking for something that just it's not there right it reminds me of I don't know if this is going to make a lot of sense, but, like, um, I saw some stupid fucking article about <laughs> um, what what's in um, in Pulp Fiction. What's in the briefcase? Right. And, like... Finally Quentin, explained. Quentin <laughs> finally... And this is all, like, I love that word. In oh, yeah. Every, if you, every finally. Day, yeah, that's the, your clickbait article. You said, finally, Marvel finally reveals Wolverine's motivation yeah. or something. <laughs> Yeah, it was, yeah. Um, this is not a movie for those people. <laughs> no, but that just drove me nuts because I'm like, the, and you know, the entire you, yeah. point right. of it is that it's nothing. And you know, on YouTube right Why now, there's a video t- called <laughs> "Annihilation: The Ending Explained." I mean, you know, oh, there's a video. <laughs> it was there before the movie right. came out. You know, like it was. Yeah. All right. Well, I want to go out on a high note. I don't want to get cynical about people, the people who I don't do. like this movie because I love this movie. I'd, I was just, it was so validating watching again. I was like, man, was I right about this. I enjoyed it much more the second time. Loved it the first time. CX Machina and Men is the next one up. I can't so wait. I, I, can't, I wait. can't either. Yeah. Trailer looks great. Yeah, awesome. So so I'm going to make my opinion now. I don't even need to see it like yeah. everybody else. Yeah. So definitely, I mean, my God, check out Annihilation. Watch it again if you haven't watched it for a while. It's one of the greats. And tell a friend, like, we got we to gotta boost the signal on this thing. This is just a fantastic masterpiece of a film i'd love to see more like it this is what i want out of science fiction 
This is why I, I would say, why can't Star Trek movies? This is kind like of like ideal quintessential sci-fi. And there's a lot of good Perfect. sci-fi out there right now. Like mm-hmm. we are in a good moment for that. But um, well, in a, in a way where it like explores the theme of that of um, you know self-destruction and um, no mo- no motives. Right. Um, Ex Machina does the same thing. Yeah. Where it takes like one AI and just mines all the territory yeah. that you could possibly think yeah, with that no, one I have topic. I have complete con- and I bet he I'm assuming he wrote that one cuz he started his career yeah. as a screenwriter That that one's all him oh, That one he wrote uh, the entire yeah, thing I can't wait and to he see was it. nominated for best original screenplay with that one yeah. too He awesome. didn't win but Awesome I can't wait to see it Well he will win that award someday I have, well, that, Yeah I have that's no the other doubt. thing it's like no doubt. Can't, can't wait he's to done see his two, next He's up. directed two films Yep So this is get on everyone get on board with this guy This is like you need to be watching this guy's movie. Okay, really quick though, before I okay, <laughs> okay, Annihilation, we can be done. But I'm just curious, like, which ones have you seen? Because he, um, oh, of his his scripts, of his yeah, of his scripts. Cause Ooh, go through the list. I've seen Twenty Eight Days Later. I've seen Twenty Eight Days Later. I'm not sure I know all of them. Twenty Eight Days Later. Yeah, I haven't which is seen great. Never Let Me Go, but I know what it's about. So it sounds like an Alex Garland movie. Um, um, yeah, I, don't, I've n- I haven't seen that one either. I don't really don't know too much about that one either. Someone um, was reading them off to me. I'd, the one, uh, some I'd seen and the ones I hadn't well, seen, I was he like... He started, um, it wasn't his first screenplay, but he wrote the book that that movie The Beach was based on. The Leonardo, uh, okay. Leonardo DiCaprio right. one. Okay, interesting. He wrote, that's how he started. Interesting. He was like a hiker backpacker who just like wrote a book about that. Interesting. And then Danny Boyle found the book and d- they adapted it. He didn't even write the screenplay. Interesting. He just sold his book. And that kind of was his entrance into Hollywood. And then he got in, and then Danny Boyle directed, of course, 28 Days Later. Mm-hmm. He had him write a screenplay for him. Interesting. And then, because I saw him in interviews, they were asking him, uh, do you have it in you to write another, another novel? And he's like, I got into the movie business, and I gave up being a novel That's writer. That's awesome. <laughs> well, he is definitely He's been a screenwriter he, for like is, 30 years yeah, or 20 years. Yeah, doing the work he needs to be doing, clearly. Yeah, so, yeah I don't know how many other others. I thought of him as kind of like a Chris McQuarrie guy, mm-hmm. who is like, he was a writer for so long behind the scenes. Yeah. And then finally you give him a movie like Chris McCory did like Jack Reacher. Like you just finally let him out. And, and this guy's fucking been like, great. This guy's been waiting. <laughs> like he hits the ground running. And then Chris McCory does like Mission Impossible movies. Yeah. Like he's fucking amazing. Yeah. Like he's been building it up. And I think Alex Garland is kind of that type of guy too. Because he said he became the director just to like eliminate the job of director. Like mm-hmm. he sounds very much like that um, hive mentality like – uh, like we're all part of a collective, we're all part of a group. Um, he's like, um, I became the director just so I could eliminate the position of a director. So he's like, I got into the director's chair and I was like, all right, what do you guys all want? Right. And he started asking right. him like, the, no ego. Yeah, exactly. I don't think he has any ego at all. Period. He's like, he'll go to the uh, the AD or whatever. Like, what do you think we should? How do you think we should shoot this film or this mm-hmm. scene, this mm-hmm. particular scene? You know, he's got a outline obviously and he makes the final decision mm. but i thought that's such a not that's another reason why he said he didn't want to do the franchise movies either he's like you're it's like he said it's like a pyramid it's like mm-hmm. the director's sitting on the top of the pyramid he's like, i don't want i don't want to do that well yeah and then that pyramid exists under the disney corporation well the real time, there's all but, kinds yeah. of pyramids there yeah yeah, but, yeah yeah okay well it sounds like uh, he sounds like a cool guy it sounds like the most he's Im- fascinating. it sounds like the most important thing to him is getting a good piece of art into the world. Yeah, yeah. Right. And if people appreciate it, great. If he gets credit for it, I mean, it, I'm sure great. he wishes but his if, movies were more right, successful. If he gets the credit for it, great. But if like, if those things don't happen, if he ends up with a good piece of art, like he's done a job and with annihilation, he has done his job. It is a great, great movie. Yep. So you and I are in complete agreement on annihilation. 
but you and I do not always agree. So take that, everybody who thinks I hate everything. <laughs> yeah. but, but you and I do not always agree. No. Yeah, it's, it's time to segue. <laughs> Which is my segue into yes. um, what I think uh, a few weeks ago probably would have been a more heated debate than it's going to be now. Um, because yeah. we went to see... One of those newfangled superhero movies that I all think, the kids are talking when, about. When we disagree, it's like an immediate pushback. It's like, well, now I really hate. <laughs> you know? Well, I get so excited yeah. when we disagree because, like, I love discussing movies with people. And of course, and the most interesting. A, this is a funny one. Yeah, actually, and of course, too. the most interesting discussions happen when you don't agree on every point. And you and I are usually close. Yeah. And we See annihilation. At, at least are, and we. Uh, up until this moment here, we really haven't discussed this film, yeah. but I know our initial impressions of it were quite different. Yeah. Um, Almost so, like polar opposites. Yeah, which and I think we were both surprised by the other's reaction. <laughs> yes. So, uh, Jordan and I went to see The Batman, uh, the new uh, film. With, I went to a theater. With Robert Pattinson in the title role. Yeah, Matt Reeves. Matt Reeves directing. Um and we had really different takes on it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I so. think I think though, like you said, it has worn off a little bit right. with me. So. Right. Um, and there were things I liked about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I don't remember a lot of it at this point. So we we really should have done. Yeah, this. The, the the stuff I was fired up about. Yeah. I, I, so we really should have done this discussion fading. probably pretty soon after. But we're gonna try it now. Um, and I think it'll be good because like tempers have cooled. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, so basically what happened after we saw the – I was the one who didn't like it. Um, and basically what happened after we saw the movie is we kind of walked out, and we're like, oh, so what do you think of the movie? And then I, <laughs> as I want to do, like talked the rest of the way to the, our car about how I didn't like it and what I thought was crummy about it, thinking the whole time that you were on basically the same page with me. And then just uh-huh. before we got in our cars, you're like, well, I thought it was like the best movie ever or something <laughs> like that. I was like, oh, shit, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to feel And I texted you. I'm like, I hope I didn't make you feel bad. Well, no, I, yeah. <laughs> but I was surprised. I so honest, I think honestly, when you were saying all that <laughs> stuff, I thought at first you were being sarcastic. Right. Like I thought you were like, oh wow, like that. That is. I think this movie proves like this is a way that you clearly should not make a movie like this. Right. I seriously thought you were being sarcastic. I think the I closest, had a completely yeah, different the, reaction. Well, the closest uh, to that that I can remember with you and I is when we saw Hereditary, and I was like, well, but see, I didn't hate. Hereditary. You didn't hate it, but I was like traumatized by that movie, and I think your initial reaction. I think you you like yeah. it more now, but I think your initial reaction was like. It's pretty good, <laughs> you know. No, I, I think I it's a good like, movie, but I was just like, I don't remember the last time I've experienced such intense emotion <laughs> in like a horror. But film. But see, that's like me with the bear, you know, in an yeah. Like it, it, on some level, it disturbs somebody more than something else. Right. But yeah, I do still think like Midsummer is better than Hereditary. I still stand by that. Yeah. Whatever. All right. Hot take. <laughs> well, we're not talking about that. We're going to talk about we're going to talk about one of these goddamn fucking superhero movies here. So we're going to talk about the Batman. So um, so you start off hating already. <laughs> Okay, so I think I actually am going to put you on the defense, unless you want to do this a little bit differently. Okay. I'm going to kind of give my take on the Batman and my read of the Batman, and then you tell me why I'm wrong or what I'm missing. Because okay. that's, that's, like, I genuinely, like, it is one of those movies where, like, you are on the majority with this one. Because, like, every, almost everything, of course there's counterexamples, but the general thrust of this movie is, like, this is a great Batman movie. Well, I saw nothing but love for this movie. Also, the reason I thought you were being sarcastic, too, is that, I didn't necessarily disagree with what you were saying right. either. Like, but because like the criticisms were so pointed and right. like specific things, I thought you were like deliberately. <laughs> oh, like making <laughs> like this fun. is me reading into. All right, well let me let me kind of give my take, and it's going to be because like I said, I don't necessarily. And disagree it's going to be brief. I don't, I don't, I don't remember the details. But let me kind of give my take, and then you kind of. It would have been better like you, a month ago. You respond. So, this is my basic kind of like hot take on on the Batman. 
Um, I wasn't. I probably would not have gone to see this on my own, but you and okay. your partner wanted to see it. So I was like, all right, I'll see New Batman. And people were praising it to the moon. So I'm like, yeah. I bet it'll be good. I was kind of not looking forward to it being like three hours or whatever. But I'm like, yeah, fine. I'll sit yeah. back and enjoy it. Um, and my take on it is like, this is a mediocre, okay, pretty typical Batman film with nothing we really haven't okay. seen before except for a couple of things. Um, dressed up and fooling people into thinking it's an excellent movie um, by having okay. a by having a way too long runtime, which does feel long. Again, I agree. And I, I agree, um, it's too long. <laughs> That's a major problem I have with it. Yeah, and I I guess I just didn't get what was so great about it. I I feel like if this had been maybe like the third or fourth film in a series of Robert Pattinson Batman movies uh-huh. and about 90 minutes to two hours, it would have been pretty good. Pretty good movie. Pretty it's kind of interesting stories. Okay. Not bad. Um, but as a three hour beginning to presumably what will be a new era of Batman films yeah. um, that everyone is praising as like, oh my God, this, this, this is Batman done right. This is, this is the next level. It, it's like, it fails to be that for me, a hundred percent. And like, I can go into like specifically what I didn't like about it. Like it's too long. Um, I don't think I'm going to disagree with yeah, what you say. Though. It, um, I think it's like what to, to what degree? Yeah. Yeah. It's too long. Um, I didn't think this movie had the best versions of any of these characters, which we've seen versions of all of these characters in other Batman movies before. Right, right. Um, with the exception of Robert Pattinson's Batman, who I mm-hmm. liked a lot. But that's, mm-hmm. so I'll put that aside for now because I want to tell you what I didn't like first, actually. Um, I thought the Riddler was ridiculous and embarrassing. Um, Again, I, I agree. I hate... <laughs> hate this new trend of like acting as though the Batman villains are like the new Shakespearean roles that these great yeah, actors yeah. have to take well, on. I'll and say like that. Have you seen like the Joker scene that they released finally? I didn't though? watch it. I mean, I was appalled by the, the, Joker, the Joker scene Joker, that was in the movie. The Joker scene that's <laughs> in the movie is fucking like the worst example of what these yeah. movies. And that, that I knew we would both hate. Yeah, it's <laughs> so, I was like, that is to me Although, cringeworthy. Like, sidebar, cringe. sidebar, Barry Keegan as the Joker Sure. Not a bad idea, <laughs> you know. Sure, but, but when you're going up, yeah. your idea is basically just like a little tweak of the last idea. Right. Like, okay. Yeah, well, and that's, yeah. Okay. I don't want to get hung up on that because that's like, it's literally like a minute out of a three-hour movie. Uh, Zoe Kravitz play, that's the name of the actress, like yep. that one. Perhaps the most beautiful woman to play Catwoman. I don't like her. I, I, she's not my favorite Catwoman. I thought her costume and her outfit looked kind of stupid. I thought the backstory of all the characters was comically convoluted and and stupid. Um, okay. People praise it for being a detective story. Well, we finally get to see Batman doing detective yeah. work. I like the idea of that, mm-hmm. but like judging this as like a who done it, a detective story, it's yeah, a no, sh- it's, it's a not, shitty one, no. right? <laughs> it's a shitty one. The, any kind of theme they're reaching for, like I realize I have to be more than vengeance, I have to be hope. Again, completely I agree. Stupid. I agree. That's what I spent three hours for. I so agree with that stuff. Too. I think there's more I didn't like. There are some things I did like, and I do want to talk about that. But that's my kind of hot take on it. Please. <laughs> enlighten me explain to me why i'm why this is anything other than a just okay batman movie that i had to watch for three hours because for I me don't fu- for me batman returns did not even wobble from its position as my favorite batman movie like it did not even this did not even come close to toppling wow it. 
Well, I think people remember like those Batman movies wrong, and yes. I'm, not, I'm not saying that I, I don't like them. I fucking love the original Batman. Are you talking about the Tim Burton cycle? I'm talking about Michael Keaton, um, Jack yeah. Nicholson, Joker. To me, that's if, the If the, I the best look one. at that and I use your same approach, yeah. I could rip that movie apart and say it's a piece of shit. Well, wh- what are you saying? You could rip the Tim Burton one apart or you could rip this yeah. one? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Because I think, I mean, if you is, is it a bad detective story? I guess. Wh- what is the story of the original Batman? Joker doesn't like Batman. Right. Like, there's no story to the right. original Batman. Nothing that's worth like. Right, but but I also anyway. didn't have to watch Batman doing detective work for three hours in that movie. Yeah, you know but what it, I mean? but at least like I'm investing a certain amount of time. I want a certain return on at my investment. At least they're trying to do it. Yeah, maybe if they don't succeed totally. I mean, Matt Reeves is not an idiot. He's trying to write a. Uh, okay, well, you probably disagree. No, no, no. I'm, listen- I'm really listening. Because I, I actually, like, it was one of these movies where, like, I'm actually jealous of the people who liked it. I'm like, I want to like it that I mean, much. If, if you watch, I mean, if you watch, okay, here's an example. If you watch Knives Out, and then you watch uh, Batman looking at the story structure in terms of being, like, a mur- like a murder mystery or detective story, whodunit thing, you know, it pales in comparison. Yes. Like, it does not, but... I I just I like this version of it. I like um, I know it's really stripped down way of talking about it, but I think it really gets this character right in a way where I wouldn't want every Batman movie to be like mm-hmm. this, but I really like this version of it. I like um, him being kind of like a almost like a crummy Batman, mm-hmm. where he's like his costume's kind of shitty. Mm-hmm. It, it works, but to some degree it doesn't. He's been in the game for like two years. That's yeah, so this is like a prequel. It's like a young Batman. The first thing I thought, I hadn't read reviews, and I was like, this is a really good year two. I'm not mm-hmm. putting, I'm not trying to put him on Frank Miller's level, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like, it is kind of, like, f- read Frank Miller's stuff. Yeah. Like, I reread The Dark Knight fairly recently. It's great. It's groundbreaking in terms of what it was doing at the time, but I don't think it's like a super great detective Batman story. No, it's maybe not that's a detective a, maybe, story. Maybe that's no. a hot take. I don't know if, like, there are people that... I'm not saying I, I like The Dark Knight. I'm just saying people are remembering that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. Wrong. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like... I just like that character. And I like the way that they use um, Batman in it more. That makes me sound a little kind of stupid. Like, I just want to see him in the costume more. Mm-hmm. But I like the fact that they're all kind of acknowledging, like, where he'll walk through the police department dressed as Batman, and they're all kind of, like, looking at him. Do you think that's kind of dumb, though? <laughs> I don't. Okay. I, I like the way that they committed to it. Yeah, I think like, I like the idea of it more than, like, the execution on film. I just couldn't quite buy into it. I don't know. I like that. Okay. But I was like, I think you have to get caught up in the world of the movie, too, right. because... I might just be too I'm old a, for these or something. I don't know. Well, I'm... <laughs> I was going to try to compare this with like a do and don't with Spider-Man. Okay. Because that new Spider-Man movie is a... Not good. This is going to be a hot take. That is bad. Yeah. Like that is a bad movie. Yeah. Uh, it, it is a... I won't go off... I on, haven't seen I it. I won't go off on a big tangent, but... It sucks. <laughs> my capsule review is that is a two and a half hour meme. When you and I... when you, That's all it is. When you talked about no actually proposing to watch Spider-Man, but we didn't because I didn't want to watch it. I was like, oh yeah, and then we can do that and Batman will call it uh, Batman versus Spider-Man. Which movie sucked more? <laughs> yeah. But this movie didn't suck. Continue. No. <laughs> it's be- So it's better than Spider-Man. 
Um, and it's better than Annihilation. No, okay, it's not better than that. I love that a two-hour meme, dude. That's good. <laughs> two and a half. <laughs> well, that's my thing with Batman. If it had been an hour and a half, if if just the runtime had been different, and I am not, that is I am a big not, problem. I am not. Even though I am on record, I love a ninety-minute runtime. I think that's how mm. God intended movies to be. Some of my favorite movies are five hours. Some of my favorite movies are I watch some of my podcasts. I watch are like five hours. Yeah, I watch. Yeah, exactly. I watch Drive My Car. That's like a three hour just yeah. meandering thing. Fucking brilliant. You know, it's like so. I'm not that guy, but like the runtime is a problem in this movie. It is I mean, a problem. I completely agree. I yeah. uh, I talked to a few people who saw it before I saw it because we saw it like a week after it came out. Um, and the big thing is people were like, oh, it's two and a half hours. Why is it so long? Yeah. Or that was I think it was closer to three, which was is absurd. Like, <laughs> well, that was the only thing that people were pointing to because, like mm. you said, that people were, for the most part, praising yeah. it. Um, and I do agree with that. I agree that it's too long. And I, would, I asked a few people, I'm like, the first thing they would say is it's too long. I'm like, yeah, 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 I, I know that. But yeah. I, I would ask like a further question, and I said, but does it justify like being that long mm. and most people were like no not really like i agree with that yeah. like it could have ended maybe like a half hour earlier yeah. and i was like yeah it, it yeah. totally could well that and that's the thing like i got really bored really early and i actually don't get bored really okay well wait a minute okay because that's where i was going um with it might have fooled me in a way and that might be why it's wearing off right i got really into it right away mm. and then it wore off at the end by the end i was mm. like when you're talking about the whole Batman is vengeance, oh, and he's rescuing the people so from like fucking the, bad from the <laughs> it's like the f- Gotham City floods and <laughs> I I thought that stuff was kind of cool. Yeah, like, I, I, I like, thought they were gonna go with like the do you know the No Man's Land arc from the comics? I thought, I've, I've heard of it. Yeah, I've I thought they were gonna kind of go, which is like bonkers. I thought they were gonna kind of okay. go in that direction, but I don't know. I like the, I like it, the way it kind of like being disconnected from a franchise. That I, I liked. Um, I liked the way that it. it had its own it's made its own self-contained little universe and mm-hmm. the the beginning that of i it, liked the beginning of it did like really hook me for some reason it was just like that i want to say cheesy but like i felt like spot on batman uh, like voiceover mm-hmm. um where they're talking it's you just hear his voice and mm-hmm. then you see shots of people about to commit a crime because it's on halloween yep and well another would talk about the music that fuck that music is fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Did you have the same response to the score? Okay, so the things I loved about this movie, Robert Pattinson as Batman and their general take on the character of Batman, mm-hmm. which I do want to talk about. The score mm-hmm. and again, to, to use this word, the cinematography. This movie looked really unique, mm-hmm. really cool, sounded really unique, sounded really cool. So yes, I'm with you on that. I am with you. Aesthetically, I enjoyed it. The whole up to the scene where he beats the guys up in the subway, mm-hmm. you know, all the way up. It's good until Batman up, shows up. Batman's all downhill from there. Well, <laughs> no, I mean, no, no. But I, I love the sort scene. of in a way where it's like if you start your movie off with like a bang and like a, a really exciting, not the inciting incident, but just like something interesting to begin with. And that wasn't even the first scene. I didn't like the first. Like the first scene's like the Riddler killing somebody or whatever. Mm. Uh, so you don't even remember. I don't. Well, it's been a few weeks. But I will say, the sequence that you're talking about, where Batman's doing... To me, the, that was just like spot on yes, Batman. Yes, like, I agree. I think I would picture, and I'm sure he hates it, but I would think Frank Miller would see that and be like, they, they're they carrying the torch for yeah. me. Not in a way where it's like, wow, he's better than me, but right. it's like, 
this is fitting for yeah, this character. I, I agree. I, I, I was, in the first few minutes at least, I had high hopes because the sequence you're talking about where it's showing all the criminals about to commit a crime and yep. you hear the voiceover from and Batman. you see the signal. And then they shine the bat signal and the criminals stop. That has probably been in a comic, but like, I have well, never encountered it. It was in Christopher Nolan's movie a little bit, oh, too. Oh, it was? Which is yeah, so like this idea that the signal... Um, is not just a signal like, hey, Batman, there's a crime. The signal is to let the criminals know Batman could be anywhere, right. in any shadow. And that's what, well, that's what that all the... That's a fucking cool idea. That's what all the dialogue is at right. the beginning, too. They do kind of lose that thread <laughs> throughout the movie. Yeah. At, when he's, like, walking through the police well, station. Well, I think you know? that was the only, like, cool idea in it, though. I never felt like that again in the movie, you mm-hmm. know? And they kind of, like, blew their wad. They had that one cool take, which now you're reminding me wasn't in Chris Nolan. And that's the other thing. It was, like, it was briefly kinda, in it because like, there's a scene where... A guy's like buying drugs or something on the street yeah. corner, and then they see. I think it's the Dark Knight. They see the bat signal, mm-hmm. and then he goes. Um, he's like, "No, you're better off buying lottery tickets." He's like, see? "Fuck it," and he drove off. Right, and and like I said, that's probably been in a comic, and I just haven't read that Batman comic, or I forgot it. But yeah, but um, I did like that idea. But that's the other thing you mentioned, Christopher Nolan. I thought this was also kind of like Christopher Nolan light. I didn't think Matt Reeves had such yes, a take. That was the you know like see, like like even Joel Schumacher had a take on Batman. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a good one. It didn't work. Christopher Nolan had his take, hugely successful. Tim Burton had his take, and Matt Reeves. People were talking about this as though, oh my God, this is the new era of Batman. This is the best Batman. Like, oh, what's Christopher? What's yeah. Matt Reeves' take? He had some ideas about the characters, but like aesthetically, like this was. It just seemed like Christopher Nolan light. It's just a continuation yeah. of what Christopher Nolan had been doing that's without problem, being a Christopher Nolan movie. That's a problem that I had with it, and I keep wanting to launch into things that I don't like, even though I I did love this movie. Wow. Like, I, think it's, yeah. I think it's cool. Okay. Um, well, another thing is, like, action. You don't respond as much You're to action You're more of an action movies, guy than I am. The yeah. action is great. Mm-hmm. Like, the practical shit, that car chase, that's the best car chase a Batman movie has seen. Like... Mm-hmm. It it makes me sound so dumb. Like no, it's, it's, I, I like Batman in his costume, and I like the car racing well, around. But I but mean, those are perfectly valid things to like in a Batman. But movie. even the way, well, yeah, I guess. I mean, <laughs> I mean what else? That's, that's kind for? of the way I feel. Like even with the intro, the scene that we're talking about, I recognize that it's not the way people talk. I mm-hmm. recognize that it's cheesy and shit. I just thought it's spot on for that character, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I thought like the action all worked. Like like that car chase I'm talking about, and even something. Like, an action scene doesn't have to be, like, a half hour long. That car chase was pretty long, but the part where he escapes from the police um, uh, precinct, mm-hmm. whatever you call it, mm-hmm. can't think of the word, mm-hmm. uh, the police headquarters, um, and he runs to the stairwell, and he shoots his grappling thing, and he, like, goes all the way up, and he, he's about to jump off, and he's in year two, so he's, like, he gets to the edge, and he's, like, whoa, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's a little scared of heights. And then he flies off with a wingsuit. That looks really... I thought it looked cool. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm describing this shit, and I guess you don't... <laughs> I, I, yeah, it didn't... He, it he didn't flies off, and he, like, as much, I guess. He almost lands on the car, and then he, like, gets hooked on something, and he, like... I just, I kind of liked how crummy he was as a Batman a little mm-hmm, bit. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I it was very. Gr- he was it. a very grounded Batman. He's grounded in a way that Christopher Nolan's wasn't, right. where Christopher Nolan's is... Batman's basically unstoppable. Right. I know they go to a point, and it gets ridiculous in Christopher Nolan stuff, too, where Batman has to, the last one, where he has to defuse a nuclear bomb. And it's right. Like, we are way past right. the, where we started. But then this movie kind of go there, too, with like the whole it city did. being flooded. It did, and, and that's yeah. the problem that I had with it, too, is that right. another thing that I had with it is I think he saw the Christopher Nolan movies. Um, well, I know he saw them. But right. Um, I think he's taking the wrong example from them. Mm-hmm. Like, he's picking out the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the the right thing is, like, 
and I'm, I'm not saying right like Batman should always be done like this because Tim Burton stuff works too, but the right thing is to like find some hook to reality mm-hmm. that makes it like a real character because Batman is a human character. Mm-hmm. He's a human that is the superhero. So you need to find some sort of, I don't mean like Christopher Nolan, find an explanation for everything because I like this Batman's technology too where it's kind of a little magical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like It doesn't totally make sense in the real world, so it's kind of its own thing. Mm-hmm. So in that way, I think it kind of took the right, that part took the right examples from Christopher Nolan's. But what it doesn't take is that stupid fucking over-the-top... And this is the problem I have with all the Christopher Nolan movies. The schmaltzy, music-swelling Batman is the answer to all our... Right. Que- like, all this bullshit. Which right. That Cause Christopher it's Nolan... serious, and it's like, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's the part that you responded to badly, too. And yeah. I, and I did. I, I was just like, stop, stop. Yep. Like, I liked it so much at this point. Like, let's not... Right. Number one, we've done it already. And number two, it was boring then, yeah. too. I don't need to hear the philosophy of Batman. Right. And what, uh, he, yep. what he means to society. Yes. yes. I just, I'm seeing the I, was, I think I rolled like, my eyes. When he's, I, was, yeah. al- I was almost there with you, too, um, where he's covered in mud, like staring at the person that's being carried away by the helicopter. Right. And it's saying And like, like reaching Batman out a hand to help the people of the city. And like, yeah. yeah. But even then, it's like, I like that part. I like the little kid they put in it, too. Mm-hmm. The little kid who's the mirror of Bruce Wayne, who yep. just keeps popping up in the <laughs> yeah. movie. Don't, like, is, am I a stupid film goer, or is that a cool thing to put in to a Batman story? But have we seen that? Haven't we? Have they? I don't know. I, feel I don't like know. Maybe not, I guess. I like it. I mean... I wanted to say it's kind of in the background, but they do, again, present it as this grand thing at the end. Right. Um, but I do like that they mention that there was a kid there when the murder yeah. happened. Yeah. And he starts to think about it. Yeah. And then he goes to the funeral. Yeah. And the kid's there. Yeah. And, like, I, don't, I feel like I, I'm responding to, like, little things, and then I, I disagree with, like, or I agree with, like, the really big st- structure problems to yeah. the movie. Yeah. Um, I like Zoe Kravitz's Catwoman. I don't like Michelle Pfeiffer is always like the Catwoman. I think to me of, that's the gold standard. But I don't. Maybe time will tell. I mean, I don't want to say it's. It's like I don't want every version of Catwoman to be like this. But I like Zoe Kravitz in this. I, I like that version of Catwoman. Did I didn't you? think she looked silly at all. I just didn't love how she looked. I thought I kind of like where he kind of incorporates her into his um, trying to find Falcon. They're working together. They're work. Well, I mean, you say it reductively, like they're no, no, they're no. working together, but. Because they've done that before, too. But I like where they have to infiltrate the club. Yeah. He, like, and what I was talking about, his technology, he's got, like, camera lenses in his, mm-hmm. like, contact lenses. And he can, like, run the footage back. And this Bruce Wayne is, like, there, there almost is no Bruce Wayne. Oh, yeah. He's just, like, he's totally he's consumed retreated. and obsessed with the He the becomes Batman Bruce Wayne when Alfred wants to talk to him, too. Yeah. And, and he, yeah. I want to talk about Bruce Wayne in this movie. Just, I, I love, I love, <laughs> and, like, and, and they they this. thought about stuff that, like, again with uh, tying it to something real, um, and not every element has to. I want a lot of, a little bit of it to be fantastical, like the car chases and shit like that. But even stuff where he goes into the light and his eye it hurts his eyes. Yeah, I love that. Love it. It's like, has that been done? No, before in a Batman. No, I, I haven't seen it. B- even the comic. Yeah. 
It probably has. Batman's been around Bruce for like Wayne is not cool. 70 years. Bruce Wayne is not cool in this movie. No. You don't want to be Bruce I Wayne. I looked at it as like he almost doesn't exist in no, this movie. Like Bruce does. Wayne's almost not even a character. Yeah. Well, he, I lo- he goes there and people don't even know if he was still alive. I like, loved, Bruce Wayne's still I alive. loved that, um, you know, Bat- when, when, when Robert Pattinson dressed up as Batman, he looks like all the other movie Batmans, essentially. It looks typical, mm-hmm. like, movie Batman hero. And then he gets home and he takes off his costume and he's like, He's not as buff as the other Batman. Yeah. He's kind of like he looks very young, um, so he's like this skinny. He's kind of frail. He's this skinny, pale goth kid with yeah. dark circles under yeah, his eyes. He's emo. Who clearly has no social skills and no interest in participating in yeah. the real adult world, and is just consumed with this obsession of being Batman. You see him even writing like in the notebook at the beginning. He's like right. year. That's how you know it's year two. He's right. like year two of the right. whatever he calls it, the Gotham Project. Yeah, or, I thought that was like a I really cool that. take on Batman. Like mm-hmm. visually, I thought they did it. I thought Robert Pattinson did it with. His see, I think it's to degrees. Like I think I responded more to just that. Yeah, and that was enough for the movie. Yeah, it wasn't enough to justify two and a half hours right. or yeah. almost three hours i give yeah. i give you that yeah so i think we liked a lot of the same things we disliked a lot of the same things it's just like what you liked you liked a lot more and what i disliked i, I disliked like, a lot more like the combination of even the beginning with the, and the music comes in i was like god that's a good that's hmm. a memorable well score for it too uh, okay well so like going back to Catwoman, didn't you think like the point at which they like <laughs> you did not the point at which they like kissed in the movie didn't that seem like one of those like okay we've hit about this time in the runtime time for the male and female lead kiss i didn't feel like the, it, they had any kind of chemistry or relationship that the story had led up to up to that point it's just like well you're here i'm here we're attractive we better be in love like i don't know i suppose i think it's more like um like just story structure like that is going to be the point where that happens you kind of need some of but you don't. You can have you can have a male and a female character working together, having their own separate motivations, being friends, being frenemies, being whatever, and not have a romance. You don't have to do that. Well, but I think <laughs> see, I didn't even read it like that. I did. I almost read it more as I'm thinking more of Bruce Wayne as this guy. I'm like, he might not even be interested in this. No, I don't I mean, think he's ever kissed a girl. I I don't think so either. Like that kind of like went in my mind Which too. I, love. I was like, I like that too. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I'm not thinking about like. Are they going to get together in the end? And I don't think they were going. Like, but it, you it could just, look at it. As but it like, seemed like. But it seemed like throwing a romance in between Batman and Batman and Catwoman. Of course, everyone expects it's Batman and Catwoman. It just seemed like the story didn't write that in. It just seemed like it just happened because we're sitting watching a Batman and Catwoman movie, so they have to kiss now. I guess my and response. And it just the story didn't provide a reason for my response to that is that that i don't think it was a romance i think it comes across as that because it looks like that in the movie but i think if you're paying attention to the story i don't think it's supposed to be yeah a romance Mm. even when they go their separate ways at the end and he i read it as he's like not interested right when they're kissing each other like twice in the movie he's just doing it to like yeah can we move on maybe maybe yeah because yeah. I mean, that's in, that's interesting, know. and that would be consistent. You know what I mean? That I would believe. Like that's almost like, I don't how think I Bruce Wayne cares about Catwoman. Yeah, that's. But see, how I read wouldn't it, it have been great <laughs> if if he actually just kind of like rebuffed her like totally, or she yeah. kind of had a thing for him, and he was just like, "What's going on?" Like I don't like he doesn't know how to read a woman being interested in him. Yeah, he doesn't know that's how, how I to, read like, it. I think isn't that in the movie? See, like I didn't pick up on that. I okay. I picked up as just like okay. Now I think that I think that is in there. Okay, well then you know I I'll. Take your word that that might be there. <laughs> I would like, go watch it again. So I maybe. did only watch it once, like yeah. a month ago. So, so maybe, 
Um, didn't you think like the penguin was like a like what the fuck? Like it wasn't even like a take on the penguin. He's just an ugly guy. Like why was why was Colin Farrell even in makeup? He's just like an ugly guy. Why is he the penguin? I don't get it. <laughs> I gotta say, I like that version of the character. Yeah, I like him as more than Danny DeVito's penguin. Completely different character. It's but. totally it's yeah. night and day. It's like different. Um, I like in their little gangster world how he's kind of like uh, the mob boss. Why is he called the Penguin? I don't know. Like, <laughs> why does it matter? I don't know. It just bugged me because I just felt like they didn't have like a good take on the character. And like Colin Farrell is like unrecognizable in this like makeup. And I'm like, well, why even wear makeup? Why not just look like Colin Farrell? I don't know. I like the look of that. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. It almost has like an experiment. To, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know if I can explain, but I did. I like the that character. I like his. I liked his function in the story. I like his. He's almost not a bad guy. Right. He kind of like. Yeah, it's kind of, it's so convoluted. He's like manipulating, kind of playing both sides or something. Yeah, and yeah. they think like maybe they can manipulate him, or he can manipulate. Yeah. He's not really the one causing the crimes, right. but he's like trying to take advantage of it. Yeah, I mean, like this is so like I'm so late to the party, but I watched finally all of Breaking Bad, mm-hmm. which is like fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like just, and it made me think of that too. Um, it's where. Again, thinking no motivation with annihilation. Like, what? I know I'm going too deep into no, the I'm penguin. Good. But I'm like, what does what do these characters want? And I like a character like that where he's like on the fence. Where in the next episode he could be helping them, or the next, or the next episode, the next scene he could be helping them or not. I liked that. I don't know. I liked that idea of the character. Why is he called the penguin? I don't know because they mm-hmm. needed the guy named the penguin mm-hmm. in it. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I I liked him in it. I liked um. Yeah. Did you think that... I like him as, like, a club owner mm-hmm. gangster. Did you think that the backstory with, like, Bruce Wayne's, like, parents and the mob and the, all the connection there was, a, was like, too convoluted and, like... I th- well, okay. Because that was another problem I had. And then also when, like, when, like, as things are revealed about Bruce Wayne's father and mother and what they did or didn't do, it seemed to have no real thematic impact on the film and it seemed to have no real emotional impact on Batman. Because they kind of, like... Now I'm gonna have yeah. to remember this convoluted backstory weeks and weeks later, but like they kind of like revealed that his father had been responsible for getting a guy killed, mm-hmm. but then they half backpedaled on that. It's like, well, he didn't know he would actually kill him, and and it didn't seem to really affect Bruce Wayne one way or the other. And that's what I mean about it wasn't a good. And in that sense, is why I mean it wasn't a good detective story because like yeah. the reveals didn't really reveal anything. It was just like layers of complexity that didn't really serve any purpose other than to pat to I won't say pad out the runtime but like <laughs> well, it did. to make it did do that. to make for a long movie when at the end of the day this is just Batman running around solving the kinds of riddles that we heard on the original 60s television mm-hmm. show so I did, wh- how did you feel about that did, did the backstory bother you did you think that was cool with Bruce Wayne's parents or anything like that um do you, I like, do you remember? <laughs> I yeah. liked it. Because I just remember. I like, actually did. It was I, absurdly complicated. Like, when you say like his mom like was like related to the Arkham Asylum people or whatever. Okay, sorry. Go on. You're getting annoyed with me. No, I'm just I'm forgetting what I'm going to say. Because okay, <laughs> I, I forget. Go ahead. Well, no, I just it was it was too complicated. But you liked it. I did. I'm, I agree. It's convoluted, but and complicated. What the fuck are you going to do with a Batman story? They go backwards and try to explain what's going on with his mom and his dad. Again, I don't think every fucking movie should, every Batman movie should be this story. This needs to be a one-off. 
And what they're doing with the story, I think, works. You could argue that it doesn't work, but I like that it's a different version of it. Have you ever seen them go back and, like, what was Thomas Wayne? Was Thomas Wayne maybe imperfect? Right. Was his mom possibly not mentally, mentally ill? Ill? Yeah. Yep. Has that ever been addressed? Right. In the movies, it hasn't, yeah. Should it be canon? Right. I don't care. Right. Like, right. It, I look at it more of, like, an interesting writing exercise. Again, I'm think, I was thinking about Breaking Bad again and Barry, where you think the story could not possibly go any further. And you, you think, like, another fucking Batman movie? Right. Do we have to hear about his origin again? Right. And it's not an origin story. No, not exactly. But then they go back and they, like, what else can you explain about his parents went into an alley and got killed and he became Batman? Right. Great. Great <laughs> setup. Right. In, 19, in 1939, we don't need to know anything more. Right. But we have this character. And we're making this movie. <laughs> so let's try to do something with it. Hmm. I kind of like that. I kind of like trying to explore it a little bit. Like, <laughs> hmm. it does get overly complicated. And I agree, it kind of doesn't add up to a lot, which could be a big problem. And it does kind of end up padding out the time. But I don't know. I, I appreciated it. This is like with, um, I'm, I've been saying this about more and more movies lately that I don't ultimately like, even this one I did. I thought this about the Suicide Squad. Mm -hmm. uh, the James, James Guns one. Um, I was, I just kept thinking, I appreciate the effort of it almost as much as I don't like whatever the movie mm -hmm. is. Like, mm -hmm. there's no story to the Suicide Squad. Mm -hmm. Is there really supposed to be? I, I mean, it would be nice if it had one. But it's the, if you go to it for the story, it's boring. Yeah. And it's so, like, unnecessarily... Um, gruesome and gory and like that part doesn't work but i appreciate that he's trying to do something different mm. and the only like when i saw the trailer for the batman i was like why do we have to do another one that looks like christopher nolan right White? and and and, and and has that approach like batman is serious it's yep. big themes it's that, was, a big that was the story. thing that was kind of that was keeping me kind of away from it a little yeah bit, even though we did eventually see it yeah but i was like oh i don't know like i would want to see something completely different like the, whatever it is uh, an, an animated batman movie or something like let's or into the spider-verse version right. or whatever that would be you know something different right and this was just like christopher nolan every christopher nolan i just kind of like tweaked a little that's bit. how i felt yeah yeah <laughs> it is in some respects but, but i think it's very different in a lot of ways yeah and i think basically like the tone and like just the, I think it's the character of Batman. That, yeah, that that, that they got right, well. which is critical. You yeah. know what I mean? I mean, it would have been pretty unwatchable if if not for that. Yeah. You know. So I mean, I agree with all the stuff that you said. Yeah. That too long. Yes, I liked Zoe Kravitz's Catwoman. Yeah, um, I don't know. I guess I just I, I don't know. The, I, like I just like the, the other Penguin Catwoman as story. a character. Okay. I mean, a lot of that's going to have to be agree to disagree, but. Can we agree that Paul Dano is fucking awful as the Riddler? Oh, that's the other thing. The see, whole take see, on that, that character? All I want to talk about is the shit that doesn't work. <laughs> and that was I like Paul Dano. So or do I. Or Dano, Dano or Dano, Yeah, I don't know. I, I like him, too. I just watched him right before I saw Batman in uh, Prisoners, that other Denny mm. Villeneuve movie. Okay, I haven't he's seen that fantastic. one. fantastic. Yeah, I like him. I mean, and he's amazing. There Will Be Blood. And he always plays some like, little 
limp-wristed, weak right, little kid right, that gets right. beat the shit out. Right. Oh <laughs> man, his him, performance. Like, it was terrible. It oh was man, just awful. And just like the wrong approach. Here, for here's him. my pitch for a DC movie. It's uh, Paul Dano's Riddler teamed up with Jesse Eisenberg's Lex Luthor. Oh man, four and a half hours. Oh man, <laughs> it's called Cringe the movie. Wow, that was, <laughs> yeah, I didn't make like a Jesse Eisenberg connection. I before, thought of that. But that's good. Yeah, like, he, that no, is, he uh, and, and then at the end, oh yeah, it's so bad. Okay, so I'm glad we can we both well, agree. Oh, Robert okay, Pattinson's so Batman is great. I had Tal the, Dano, awful. I had the awful. same response with that you had with um, the Penguin as I did with the Riddler, which again, I think this movie has a lot of major structure problems. Yeah, which would. Again, but I, I but so does the original Batman. You sure. know what I mean? Okay. Um, but yeah, the murder mystery and the why is he the Riddler? Like he's fucking right. And I do think like kind of grafting onto it like a serial killer Zodiac Seven vibe is the wrong oh, approach for Batman. So dumb. I don't like it. I don't think it fits. Well, in the and Batman you know world. when I saw when I saw even though I know there are like Batman yeah. horror type. Yeah. Serial killer right. stories. No, it's I just think no, for this particular one. No, and like and like I say, at the end of the day, is as much as Paul Dano is trying to make this like scary, like serious, unhinged character, and he has this. He also has a convoluted, stupid backstory. I thought. At yeah, the, I don't even remember. At it. the end of the day, he's writing riddles for Batman to solve, and I the know. riddles are about on the level of the '60s TV show. Which I love the 60s TV show, but my God, give me Frank Gorshin over Paul Dano as the fucking yeah. Riddler. This the, the terrible. Ri- the riddles and stuff, I actually didn't have a problem with. It's literally every scene with Paul Dano. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Riddler, the, or the riddles, when they're like, they're in, they're at some crime scene and he's, Batman knows the answer to whatever. I kind of like that. I kind of think it like, it was like spot on cheese, you know, yeah. like it's. It's cheesy in the didn't right way. Didn't quite go over the line for you. <laughs> maybe it did a little bit for me. No, I mean, maybe it could be close to that. Yeah. But I kind of, I don't know. I was digging like the vibe of the movie. I was digging like the tone that it was mm. going for. Uh, it's at certain points. Yeah. Not when the music soars and right. we're getting lectures on what Batman means to the world. Right. I, I don't care about that. Right. Shit. Like it's, it's been done better, and it's not interesting. Right. <laughs> but yeah, Paul Paul Dano is awful. Oh. So, uh, probably the worst Batman villain in any of the Batman movies. Well, Tommy Lee Jones could probably. I'd maybe, rather. Maybe. Well, I'd rather. I didn't cringe at Tommy Lee Jones though. Yeah. It, like this was bad. It was almost like a sarcastically mocking. Uh, like you were talking about a Shakespearean. Oh yeah. Version of. That's why it's like stop oh. chewing the fucking now, scenery. And now like. they're doing the Joker. Like I've already seen a Batman movie where yeah, they now ba- the and Joker now Batman's the in the interrogation room. It's like we literally just That's saw the this type of. Well, okay, so... But I think the parts where it strays further from the Christopher Nolan stuff is the part that works. Yeah, when it gets I would cl- agree with that. When it gets closer to Christopher Nolan right. stuff, and I like the Christopher Nolan movies for like what they're, they're doing. I do, too. But, I think they're really but good. But I think they have the same flaws that this movie yeah. has. It's, well, yeah. Is you can't... You have to take it just serious enough, I think. Yeah, it's a tough, it's a tough balancing they, act with these superheroes. When he's walking picture. through the police station, I take that just serious enough. I... Now I remember like what I was thinking right away when we saw it because we should have had this discussion before. I was thinking there's only so serious I'm going to take a Batman movie, right? And Christopher Nolan goes over that line. Yeah, like, I uh, I don't care about it. when Bane's lecturing him, yeah. saying all that. I like Bane and I like those movies for the most part too. But that aspect of it, I'm not going to sit and hear a lecture about. Right. 
what Batman means to the world. Right. And, like, and then you see people out in the world who take that seriously. I know. Yeah. That is a problem. Right. It's like, you're a fucking grown-ass <laughs> adult. What are you talking about? And this movie about? took all those parts that didn't work. Right. I hated about that and, and thought, oh, we should use that, yeah. too. Like, no, no, no. Right. You, you're taking... Because that's what I always... That stuff that's out. what I always said about the Christopher Nolan movies. I'm like, it worked, but that's a one-off. Yeah. That's not how you should approach Batman. And now it seemed like everybody loving this so much, it's like, oh, fuck, that's just how we're going to do Batman yeah. movies. I now. guess I would agree in the parts where it does get too close to uh, Christopher Nolan stuff. I think it was different enough, mm-hmm. and the stuff wh- that was different was interesting to me. Yeah. So that's I think that's where I'm going to have to come down on. Well, let me ask you this. Um because you said, like, when I talked about, like, oh, Bruce Wayne's origin, I thought didn't like it too convoluted. Yeah. Um, you're like, well, what else would you do with a Batman? So let me ask you this. Having seen this movie and liked this movie and knowing that they're going to keep making Batman movies, what do you want to see next? I would love for... Well, how, where would you like this series to go? Like, like the types of I Batman movies? I don't want movies. them to do... Well, they're actually doing... I'm not going to say I came up with the idea, but they're doing now what I think... I thought they should have done to begin with, like when DC's shit was failing, yep. when like Man of Steel was terrible and Justice League is like unwatchable. There's another one we could dis- discuss. Yeah, yeah but I'm, I'm the, o- I'm the only person that likes <laughs> Justice League, so I'd be... But like when they were all their their universes were failing, and I think this was around the time that the uh, that Dark Universe, remember the Tom oh, yeah. Cruise mummy shit? Yeah, yeah. And it was all about connected universe, right. and it's still like that. It's yeah. still like... Um, Everything is connected into something else. I I was just thinking, like, DC needs to just do the complete opposite yeah. approach. Like, counter-program. Yep. That's what they do when they release, or what they used to do when they release a giant action blockbuster, uh, um, well, like, action movie, I'll say. They also, what's the other movie that's coming out that they put out against it? Like, a romantic comedy. Right. Because they know the other half of the audience. It might be small. Right. But then you can build that audience. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Like, you, you use, you don't just keep following, it ends up looking like pale imitation. Yeah. But um, we, we I, know enough about the movie business to know why it's like that. Well, and, yeah. yeah it's, sad. it's all very sad and cynical. But I thought DC should just, like, license out all your properties. And, like, a rule would be, like, you can't make a sequel. You need to just, like, yeah. find, go to Alex Garland. He probably wouldn't do it, but find those types of people. Yeah, well, that's how the... Give the, him a yeah. property or let him choose, because... What I also found out is, and you might not be surprised to hear this, but Alex Garland was like obsessed with Alan Moore and Swamp Thing. Mm. I'm reading a, Swamp Thing right now. Which makes a I lot. I can see that. I just bought the collection. Okay, yep. <laughs> but as soon as he I'm said about that, halfway through. As soon as so he run. said that, I was like, that makes perfect sense oh, yeah. when you think of Annihilation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> like Swamp Thing could have been there. Oh, he yeah. could have been in there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Because he's, like, yeah. all into psychedelics, and, like, oh, he yeah. wanted the movie to start out simple and then be, like, a psychedelic oh, thing at the fuck. end. And he mentioned that, and I was like... All right, I take I back re- what I said I didn't said realize about, he was reading comic books. I take so back like, what I said about not wanting Alec, to see Alex Allen do a superhero thing, because <laughs> if he, if anyone... He might if it was thing, a one-off. Yeah. <laughs> Although Swamp Thing has been filmed, but, I mean, he could really do Swamp yeah. Thing. Yeah. Well, that's the first thing I thought, too. See, but that's where my 2022 superhero-drenched mind... Yeah, goes as soon as he said that, I was like, "Oh, he has to do a swamp." Right, movie. right. But God, that would be. Awesome. But if you would like go out to these filmmakers and just like, yeah, I think that would be enticing to them. Be well, like, that's you're how not going to be tied to this movie because right. you know the Marvel guys have to sign contracts for the next right. 
15, 20 years. So Even like, for the actors. Like, we had a good Robert well, yeah, Pattinson actually, Batman. that's what I was talking yeah, about. We had, right. Yeah, we had a good Robert Pattinson Batman movie, but if you if someone else wants to do a, a Batman movie, or a Batgirl yeah. movie, and Batman's it, you can have someone else do it. And I, I get why you would want to repeat and make more money. Yeah. That's the business side of the show business. Yeah. But again, I'm just thinking, like, counter-programming. Yeah. Like, do, do the thing that they're not doing. Then you would capture people like me, who... I mean, I, more love or the, less, I love the Marvel movies, more or but... More tapped out of Marvel at this at, point. Yeah, at this yeah. point, it's kind of worn off a little yep. bit. And now I'm looking for something else, and what do we have over at DC? We have them doing something that Marvel was doing like three or five right. years ago. A lesser version. Like, if they had been building that brand, they'd be like, at this point now, you'd be like, holy fuck, have you seen the new Sw- Alex Garland Swamp Thing right. movie? Like, right. I mean, maybe. It's not a guarantee, but, right. you know... <laughs> But now that I, it feels like they're doing that, I forget your original question. Well, that, it was pretty much that. Like, what do you want to see next? From I want something Batman different. Franchise? I want I want Matt Reeves. I love Matt Reeves. I want to see Matt Reeves' next movie. See, this is the problem. I'm not tied to the character. Yeah, I'll see the next Batman movie because it's Batman and right. it's like interesting to me. And right. it's just been at this point, it's in, it's in the DVD. <laughs> in for a penny and in for right. a pound. <laughs> I guess I have to at this yeah. like the yeah. sunken cost theory, but. <laughs> But again, I think I mentioned that I follow like the director and the writer. I want to see Alex Garland again. Matt Reeves. I want to see Matt Reeves do a different movie. I honestly don't care where the Batman movies go. I want to see who does something with the um, Batman movies go. I want it to be completely... I want it to be that person's vision. That's all I want. If his vision is like a little... If the next person, his or her, vision is a little... Um, off from Christopher Nolan's, so be it. So you wouldn't necessarily like to see Alex Gar or my God, Matt Reeves, <laughs> Matt Reeves just do essentially this again? No, because I no. mean that obviously is probably what they want to do and are going to do. I think they probably are because yeah. even I heard an interview with him and he's like, "No, this is meant to be a one deal thing." And then like that's awesome. Then like, but but then why are you teasing like, the Joker? Also, a month later, he was like, "Well, we could be doing so." I don't know. Well, yeah. But I mean, have you seen the Planet of the Apes movies that he did? No, I do want to go back and those watch those. Yeah, I do want to go back and watch those. I saw, I, did he do the first one? That's the only one I saw. Uh, no, he did the second two. Yeah, I need to go back. I need to watch those. So you saw the only one he didn't. Yeah. Do. So what? What I would like to see, and I would watch them because I can tell they're he's good. Because ta- I they're can tell good. he's a talented filmmaker. Yeah. Um, they're very good. Plus, I just want to see those movies. But um, what I was going to say is like, what I would like to see from the Batman movies is like, I'd be okay actually with Matt Reeves directing them again. But like, if I were like the producer, if I was like mm-hmm. in charge of like, and and I I had to care about Batman movies, right? Like I was like, where <laughs> I was wh- tied to a chair. Like, where do you want to see the series go? This is what I think they should do, and this is what I kind of maybe think this movie should have been an origin story. No, 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 the opposite. Make Batman. Batman should be the new Mission Impossible. Right, so like, yeah. keep them to an hour and a half, two hours. The Mission Impossible movies are over two. Well, hours. but the runtime is less important than like the approach, mm. and the approach is forget the origin, forget the psychology of Bruce Wayne, yep. forget <laughs> yeah. the thematics of what Bruce Wayne means and Batman means to humanity, forget the actors taking on ca- fucking characters like the fucking Joker and as though they're Shakespearean roles of a <laughs> yeah, lifetime. Yeah. And make good little two-hour set pieces that are just good little mysteries, good little yeah. action movies, and do those elements—the action, the, the the writing of the mystery story—really well. 
two hours, get in, get out, straight up genre popcorn fun without any of this mythic like <laughs> yes. stuff layered on top of it. That's what I would like to see the Batman movie okay. become. Like, why can't every two years we have a Batman movie like that? I like that approach, and what I will say to defend this particular movie, the Batman, is I think that's in there. I think that's... I do, too, I but you have to scrape buried, away all the shit on top of it. I think it's in the it's, movie. It's, like, buried <laughs> way under there. There's, like, a good 90-minute movie in there. Yes. But it's, like, buried under all this yeah, shit. I think I just saw more of that movie. <laughs> yeah, I think you did, Because I agree with all the stuff, yeah. but when you say, like, pick those set pieces, it had those. It had action set yeah. pieces. But, see, but yeah, worked. there was just too much on top of it. it there just, was. To me, there it was. just weighed down the movie, and it... Yeah. It took me out of it because it's just every time the more serious they tried to be, the more silly it seemed to yeah, me. Yeah, and it I took me out of that. it. You yeah. know, it took me out of it. Yeah. Um, well, I, I also I also think like the runtime is becomes a problem when the story gets lost. Cause, oh yeah. Well, it meanders. Well, okay. And the tension is diffused. Alfred is in the hospital. <laughs> right. We do a scene with him almost dying. We don't see him again. Right. He's it, Did he get better? Right. I guess he did. Right. Did he have something final to say in the end? No. Right. Where did he go? Yeah. And there was also part with um, John Turturro. Is yeah. Is him? As Carmen Falcone. Yeah. It would have worked so much better if he was the villain. I understand why they don't. Because right. they're not going to put him on the poster and shit right. like that as like... Right. The big, the, they're not going to sell it. Carmen right. Falcone is the right. You got to have the Riddler, yeah. Yeah, you need the Riddler. But as soon as that story ended, right. I don't, I don't want to like spoil stuff with it. But as soon as his story came to a, right. a conclusion, where I thought that was kind of cool, where Catwoman was his, you know, yeah, he was related to Catwoman. We'll yeah. say, um, once that ended, and then there was like, there was some scene like right after that that story ended, where Carm- Carmine Falcone. Well, I'll just say where that story ends. Yeah. And they're like, we have to get the Riddler. I was I was just thinking, do we really have to do that at yeah, this point? Right. And then it went on for like 20 more minutes. Yeah. That's that the, was yeah, my problem it, with yeah, that. Yeah, it meandered. It had this like meandering quality. It like had and like, story threads that right. were just like went and, off and, and got even lost. If the, even if the plot maybe isn't holding together, well, maybe there's a theme I can hold on to. Maybe there's a character yeah, I can really. hold on to. And that's what I mean at the end. It's like I sat here for three fucking hours, and it's just – it's nothing. Oh, I should be hope instead of vengeance. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, that's, that's what I sat here for three hours. <laughs> it's like fortune So, yeah, I think, I think you found the right stuff to like about the movie, and I, I do think if you could extract that stuff and, like, get rid of all the stuff that's layered on top of it, you can I mean, have I, – I agree. That's the approach I would take, but I don't think they're going to take that approach. And for me, no. for this film, I couldn't get past all the just ridiculous stuff layered on top of it. Well, but that's the problem with the franchise stuff too. It's like it usually there are exceptions to every rule. It usually gets worse. Right. You usually don't improve by just adding right. shit on top right. of it. Right. Now the Marvel universe is an anomaly. <laughs> like they do it well, but are we at that point where right. the, the structure is just like it's holding all the to wobble. shit? Yeah. yeah. Right. That it's not. Maybe twenty years right. from now we'll still be talking about it. I don't know. Right. To me, I'm almost kind of checked out with it. Oh yeah, but well, the, and the, yeah, and that's why this Batman was disappointing because it's like it sounds like a good idea. It's like new director, new Batman, um, prequel, not connected to the other universe. It should yeah. be this really stripped down thing, but they just kind of can't resist kind of 
yeah, layering yeah. all that mythic. There, there's just there's a little too much money in there. Like we kind of have to try to be all things to all people. Man, those Christopher Nolan movies just, I, were I, successful. We gotta get that <laughs> shit in there. I just we gotta like, tease the Joker at the end. You know, you're looking for like a cool independent movie. You can't make an independent I know, Batman movie. I know, it's like I know. it's just like. But can't you? <laughs> <laughs> I suppose at some point you could. Maybe when the the rights expire to Batman, you know. Yeah. Oh, when it goes into the public domain. Yeah, that'll yeah. never happen. They'll no, I know keep, it won't. That's yeah, what I'm saying. Keep, yeah, they'll keep changing the law. That was my sarcastic way of yeah. saying that it'll never happen. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, All right, I, let's, let's, let's. I I will say I think we kept that pretty civil. You got a little annoyed yes. with me at one point. <laughs> um, well, no, it's just my my brain can't focus on one thing, so if I get interrupted, I'm like, oh, fuck, that thought's gone. Yeah, I'm sorry, I do interrupt. <laughs> um, so uh, you haven't really convinced me that this is a good movie, but I will say this. I'm I would, not going to try to convince I, people. I think I would be willing to rewatch it at some I'm going to rewatch it. Whereas I didn't, I re-watch before it. this discussion, I didn't think I would, mm-hmm. um, because I do like the look of it. I do like the, the, the score, like you said, um, I, and I do like Robert Pattinson's Batman. Mm-hmm. So I, at some point, I think I need to give it a little while, <laughs> but I would rewatch again. Oh, I also like Jeffrey Wright as... Um, Mr. Gordon. I thought that was like the perfect. Yeah. Well, number one, the perfect cast. Like when they said that he was Commissioner Gordon, mm-hmm. I was like, that's yeah, that is spot. And he's on. not commissioner like, yet at this point. It's oh no, like, you're right. Yeah. yeah, you're right. He's not. Yeah, yeah, he's fine. You know, <laughs> okay. kind of like Zoe Kravitz. Like, She's all right. It's fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So, all right. Well, um, I don't know. What I a, failed. I tried. A, to, I well, tried no, to but you're over, but you're on the you're on the side of like most people. Like I'm the guy who like didn't like the movie. I will say. I mean, we, you do have to say that what we said at the beginning, where it, it has worn off a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I doubt we've dis, we've persuaded any anyone one way or the other. No. But I think this was a good discussion. So I think I think maybe people who thought this was like the greatest movie of all time have maybe start realize, man, maybe there's some things they could have done better. Oh, that was going to be my point. Yeah. The I, greatest movie of all time. <laughs> and I think maybe the pe- if there are people out there like me who didn't like it as much, I think you probably enlightened them on something that did work <laughs> about the movie. Because there, st- there are yeah. things that worked about it. But, yeah, it's it's just one of those cases where, like, I just I was just baffled as to what people were liking so much about the movie. So okay. I, I think did I, I did I answer I any think questions? I have a little bit little bit better of an understanding okay. of it. Okay. A little bit better. So. Right. Good talk. Good talk. <laughs> See, this is what you want, though. Yeah. You, like, wouldn't it be horrible if you... I feel like I talked myself out of life. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be awful if you agreed with someone all the time. Well, yeah, absolutely. So I also like how we, like, ragged on the runtime of this movie and probably our longest episode. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I mean, if nobody listens, it doesn't matter. Well, so. they're going to miss out. They didn't listen to this one. All right. I have nothing more to say about Batman. I could probably do another two hours on Annihilation, but I'm not going to. Yeah, okay, we got to stop. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm just going to say goodbye, and we will be back at some point to talk about something else. Thank you for bearing with us this whole time. Use it as a commentary track the next time you watch The Batman. <laughs> yeah, twice. Yeah, bye. Okay. <laughs>